From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, I have to say... Um, between our charity dinner and this was an incredibly busy weekend in terms of the digital component of what we do. Not only did we publish a lot this weekend, we wrote two additional pieces that we've already published this morning. So it was it was nonstop. Uh, and I have to say, uh, it did spoil a little bit of my entertainment because I had the Yankees on, but I was always working I had Notre Dame on, but I was working. Had the Eagles on, but I was working. So I didn't really get to put my undivided attention. I, I, I mean, if you ask me, like, what happened during the Eagles game, I, I watched it. I mean, I, I know, uh, what was it, 24 to 8 or something like that. I mean, I watched the game and saw them playing very, very well. Nearly a shutout. I mean, the, the safety was garbage, and then they got a garbage touchdown late. And uh, looks like Mayor Kane and I knew what we were doing when we made our picks, doesn't it? The Eagles, you have to say right now, early season, one of the better teams in the entire league. I did watch, but again, I was writing at the time. It was not, I'm telling you, it was nonstop. It, it's almost like we didn't get a weekend. There were so many things. We did the seating chart. We did. We're doing name cards. Uh, we're doing uh, the table name signs. We're doing the podium sign. A, a bunch of things. Getting all the names from our guests. Uh, just a million things. And then on top of that, all the other things that we typically do in addition to that. So it was not complaining. It was very gratifying. It was a very... Um, productive weekend but it was not i like if i can to some extent i mean i always write between two to three articles on the weekend because i have an opportunity just unbridled by the things that happen to me during the week uh where i can get at it and i enjoy doing it uh but this was ridiculous this weekend was non-stop as though we didn't even have a weekend. So I watched the Yankees. I have to say, uh, shame on the Red Sox. Uh, they walked him. They walked Aaron Judge all the time. Two walks last night and one hit in a rain-shortened six-inning win. The one good thing is the Yankees just keep winning. They've won something like seven or eight in a row and nine out of ten. I mean, they're, they're playing very, very well with ten games to go thereabouts. So if they do six and four... Uh, over the next 10 games, they'll win 100 games on the season unless they shut it down because they'll be able to uh, very soon. Uh, they should do that. But again, they, they, might, they might stop playing. But you, I'm just a big believer. Don't shut it down in advance of the playoffs. You don't want anyone to get hurt. You have to be careful, but maybe give people DH and give them that that's considered to be given part of a day off 
Judge was the DH last night. That was smart. Rainy night. Expected to be rainy, and it was. Fantastic that they got – you need to get five innings in. They got six in. I believe Aaron Judge took the lead again for the batting average, which will give him the triple crown. Let me put that on hold for a second just to give you a quick update because we really do like to put things in priority. Uh, this Ian – which, of course, it hit warm water, so that's what it needs. That's the fuel, and it is now hurricane strength, and it is barreling towards Florida. And last I saw, it looks like it's it's not going to be your typical hurricane hitting the coast. This is going to hit inland. It's going to hit Tampa, which, according to the meteorologists, is very unusual. And... You can imagine they're going to take a lot of rain in areas that can flood very bad. So the National Hurricane Center said Ian is expected to become a hurricane on Monday. It did reach hurricane strength Tuesday. It already has reached hurricane strength. Flash and urban flooding is possible in the Florida Keys and the Florida Peninsula through midweek. And then heavy rainfall was possible for North Florida. The Florida Panhandle and the Southeast United States will be impacted later this week. So that's what we know uh, relative to that. Uh, Quick other comment. It was a very enjoyable weekend. Uh, Notre Dame won. That made me happy. I was working during that as well. Uh, What I basically do is I have it on and I'm writing or I'm doing whatever I'm doing. Uh, a lot of what I like to do on the weekends, though, I really like to be able to just sit back and watch. But I was not with, with everything we have to get done in the next couple of weeks. It just was not in the cards. So I, I feel good about at least I had the opportunity to kind of watch it. My head was probably down more than it was up. But I'm listening and I'm watching and I'm doing what I'm doing and it, it works out fine. So I saw most of the things I wanted to see happen. Of course, I wish that Boston would have had the guts. One Boston pitcher on Saturday did pitch to Aaron Judge. I mean, we're seeing things like basically four straight balls in the dirt, and he's on first base with a walk. I think three walks, one game. Uh, two walks last night. He probably, who knows what would have happened because he would have batted at least once, probably two more times last night. That was taken away. You won't get that back. And then Boston just wasn't pitching to him. And and shame on them because they came into the series saying they were going to take it to judge. But they didn't take it to judge. They threw him garbage. He's going to get there. Uh, I took a peek. Sort of committed to memory. They're on to Toronto, which they'll play tonight and tomorrow. Then they're back home on Friday for the weekend against the Orioles. And then on to Texas Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So hopefully Aaron Judge will have this wrapped up during the Toronto series, possibly. It's not a great place 
to hit home runs. But Aaron Judge hits them everywhere. If I remember correctly, they have a pretty high wall, and it's just a lot of times balls that would be a home run uh, aren't because it hits the wall uh, where it would usually go out. And then they have this cutout area towards center that's deeper, and that that's a hard place to get the ball over that wall. Uh so Toronto's not the greatest place, but Judge hits home runs in every stadium. So it really doesn't matter. Just missed last night connecting. Just missed. You could see the pitch, perfect pitch, and he just didn't get the bat on it the way that he would have liked. It was a fly ball, but it wasn't, you know, when it first... He knew it immediately, but when you first saw it, you thought maybe that's the one that would have tied Maris. He's going to get it. It's just a matter of does he get it in Toronto today or tomorrow, or does it happen during the home series with the um, Orioles? That could be likely. Maybe get one between now and tomorrow uh, and then get the other one during the weekend. It's going to happen. Keep in mind, it's very tough. Nothing's natural uh, they put new balls in. That's unusual. Uh, the crowd becomes deafening silent. It, it's almost like in a library environment. Uh, so it's always hard at the very end to keep your routine the way that you have it. Uh, when everything is completely unnatural, it's very hard for you to be the only natural thing in a very unnatural process. Brief time out. We'll be back. Oh, when we come back, I have wonderful numbers to share with you. I think you'll like them. Well, let me fill you in real quick because Tommy Laren is just about to arrive in 30 seconds. She's not here yet, but she will be. Uh, We have open forum coming up in the next hour. Looking forward to that. We have Dan Garbett, who is rowing royalty of the famous Garbett family. Bob et al. And Dan is the longtime head coach of Old Dominion Women's Rowing. And we have breaking news that we're going to share, an exclusive. And at 8.35, following the breaking news, Stockton University President Harvey Kesselman is going to join us. And then in the 9 o'clock hour, Mayor Charles Kane, it is a great Monday, and I'm so happy that you're here with us. Let's make it a great day. Fox News commentary. A top Florida Democrat endorses Ron DeSantis for re-election, and wait, there's more. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. Businesses don't run on automation or algorithms alone. What powers businesses are your people and the people they serve. At Cintas, your dedicated service reps understand what you need to help you keep your employees feeling safe comfortable and performing their best so your business can too for workwear essential cleaning products first aid and safety supplies and fire protection services visit cintas.com oh i'm ready and get ready for the workday 
you've got a great leader of your state when even Democrats jump the aisle to lend their support. And that's exactly what Palm Beach County Commissioner David Kerner did. In a news conference last week, he not only endorsed DeSantis, but also vowed to campaign for him every day until the November 8th election. Wow. Kerner also noted he wasn't endorsing DeSantis in a lesser of two evils decision, but rather because he genuinely and proudly supports him. He also noted there is too much on the line to remain silent. Kerner put a big emphasis on Ron DeSantis's work to support, fund, and boost law enforcement, while his opponent, Charlie Crist, is more focused on gun rights infringements for law-abiding citizens. This endorsement is a big deal. Not only is Palm Beach County the third most populated county in Florida, but it also went for Joe Biden in 2020 by 56 percent. The tide is changing, my friends, and it seems to be changing to red. I'm t- hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean Hannity. Welcome back to Hurley in the Morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's an honor to be here with you. Monday through Friday. It's all I ask. 6, 6 a.m. until 10.06 a.m. For 31 more years, is that would you sign that deal right now if I made it? The only problem is I can't promise that I would do this for 31 more years. I plan on doing it for quite a while, but 31 would be – I know what goes into it. And at some point, you're going to want to live a little life. Uh, but um, I'd, I'd sign on for quite a while longer if you'll have me. All right, so check this out. And I always tell you to look at all these things, but do not take them at face value. Do not listen to your Democrat biased media. For example, ABC News. This is the best they could do. Think about this. They oversample Democrats. They typically don't even sample likely voters. So check this out. 56% of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run. That's Democrats only in 2024. He's not running. And I've told you from the beginning, he's not running. He is a basement Biden pandemic fluke, a vote by mail pandemic basement Biden fluke. That's all that it is. He would never have been the nominee had there not been a pandemic of the Democrat Party. All they wanted to do was win. They didn't care. So I love this. They're polling U.S. adults. What the hell does that matter? They're polling unlikely voters and in some cases, not even voters. Then I love this one thing they did. They actually polled people who are registered to vote legally. What? What? Are there people registered to vote illegally that you didn't call? Their words, not mine. So even with a Democrat poll, Trump leads Biden 48 to 46. I guarantee you it's at least twice that big. And keep in mind, don't let them get you all lathered up with that generic ballot sampling you have in the mix there. You have California, you have New York, you've got all these crazy liberal things. Oh, thank you. I got a very nice comment from my beautiful wife. She told me I did something amazing. Thank you, honey. Thank you. 
I try to be amazing. Um, so don't don't listen to them. When you hear them say, oh, the Democrats still lead in the generic ballot sampling, you know, by a couple of points, whatever it is, that has no bearing. I told you a long time ago what they were going to try to do in the run up. You, and you still ain't seen nothing yet. They got crazy stuff still to come. The January 6th interim report or something. Of course, they're not. Polit- we're not political. Every time they say we're not political, they're very political. They'll come out with garbage. The whole thing is Trump, 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 Trump. But at the same time, Trump leads Biden. He leads any other Democrat. And, oh, by the way, in the um, let's see, in the McLaughlin poll, which is extremely credible. Trump is the runaway GOP winner. But come on, that's never been uh, a question. And he tops Joe Biden by four points, Kamala Harris by nine points. And keep in mind, that's no bearing. That only means it is an ass whooping, epic lead, because this is not an election for the popular vote. It's a state by state election for electoral votes. And if you lead in the popular vote by this margin, I'm telling you, if Trump's within three or four points, five points nationally, he would still win. But he's ahead by that and more. So in the GOP field, Trump is at 55 percent support. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is second at 18 percent. If you do the quick math, that's a 37 point lead for President Trump. If there was an election today, President Trump leads the sitting incumbent Joe Biden by four points, 49 to 45 against Harris. He leads 51% to 42%. Republicans lead Democrats in the generic midterm ballot. But you have to understand, this is because McLaughlin is actually polling likely voters. They polled 1,000 likely voters between September 17th and September 22nd. They're not polling unlikely voters. I'm telling you, how long have I been saying that we need polling reform. Van Drew was losing until he won. Trump was losing until he won. Testa was losing until he won. Palestina was losing until he won. And and I, I ask you to please note, it is the Republican who's always losing. You can't name because it doesn't exist. There's never a time where the Democrat has this happen where the Republican oh my gosh the Republican was leading in all the polls the whole time but then on the only one that counted the Democrat won you never see that because it doesn't exist because they're oversampling Democrats and they're not polling likely voters besides that their work is fantastic if you did your work how are they who pays these people who would pay them to put numbers like this together. Hey, psst, do me a favor. This is how we want it to come out. Call unlikely voters, oversample Democrats, get us a number, see you later. I mean, who, who, who to quote Cittarelli, who does that? Why? To try to fool the American people? 
Oh, I'm not even going to go vote now. My guy's getting killed. Oh, geez. I was going to vote today, too. Screw it. I won't go. I mean, do they think that's that's going to happen enough for you to win? Now, keep in mind, this can always cut the other way. I don't even have to vote. We got it. We got this. It's over. So it's not good for anyone. Besides the fact, why behave so dishonestly? I just gave you the tale of two two polls. And there's not much difference between the two results. But come on. Why would you poll unlikely voters? Now, when ABC does poll likely voters, Republicans lead 51 to 46 percent in the generic sampling. But you won't see that anywhere. The Democrat media will only report, I guarantee ABC, somebody, I won't watch them. But if somebody wants to watch when they report, they're going to report that in their poll that Republicans edge Democrats by one point on the generic House midterm ballot. And they won't say, they'll say 47 to 46 percent, but they won't say it's among U.S. adults. And what they won't say is that Republicans have a five-point edge, 51, 46% among likely voters. Let's see how much this particular ABC poll gets talked about. Even We've seen it. Actually, in the past, we've actually seen CNN and others. They will share someone else's polling instead of their own if their own doesn't suit with their agenda. 30 minutes past the hour, I'm going to share with you three stories. I wrote six since last Friday, but I'll share three right now. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. We have major breaking news if you want to check it out. It's there on the app or on the website breaking news regarding an upcoming Atlantic City indoor rowing championship event. It's very exciting. Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet has given us an exclusive. We know his intentions regarding the ballot question. You can know it as well. Check it out. And Congressman Van Drew has shared his first public comments about the unsanctioned Wildwood car rally that led to deaths. From the Townsport, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Radar's all clear this morning after some pockets of rain and thunderstorms around the state yesterday. Today will be a nice weather day, although breezy at times, and I can't rule out a spot shower at some point. Look for mostly sunny skies and a high temperature around 78 degrees. Partly cloudy tonight and comfortably cool, low 55. Back to sunshine tomorrow, breezy again and slightly cooler, high 73. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. People do some pretty cool... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much and welcome back. 37 minutes past the hour. I just learned about something that I don't know if you've heard about. Uh, It's not on our news. And I'm actually going to now be devoting every break until I can get this done to writing 
an article that I want to get published as soon as I can. I wish I had about 30 or 40 minutes uninterrupted. I'd, I'd like to uh, have at it right now. Uh, I just learned during the break about the passing of former Governor Jim Florio. Uh, for those that are longtime listeners of this program, you know that I have a longtime affection for Governor Florio, and it actually predates this program. I got to know Governor Florio when I was a school board member in Ventnor. There was a lot of stuff going on at the time because, it's, I mean, things are different now, but there, a lot of things are the same. There was crazy stuff going on, and I didn't like certain things that were going on, and I developed a pen pal relationship with Governor Florio. And he wrote me back every single time, no matter what the issue was, and at least several times took my position on issues that were important to me. And obviously, when you get the chief executive officer of the state behind you on something, you have a very good chance of prevailing on any type of situation that you're pursuing. So he was always incredibly kind to me. And then we got this... um, crazy idea that we thought we could do a radio talk show and we're going back 31 years ago and I thought you know there were only a couple of shows at the time in this marketplace and I thought well new kid out of the you know out of the box here what's the best way to 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 try to do this thing and I thought Let me go to the top. No governor had ever done a local Atlantic City area talk show in the studio ever. It had never happened. I reached out to Governor Florio. Truth be told, I didn't tell him it's my very first show and I've never been a talk show host. I had a show and I said, I would like you to be my first guest. And... Amazingly, and I think I even approached him a little bit before it was official, uh, that I had a show. Uh, it's a little, I'm a little fuzzy on that, but I don't think so. And uh, he immediately accepted. And I thought he was going to do, it was two-hour show in the beginning. I thought he would do the, the first hour, and that would be that. We get to the end of the hour, and Governor Florio says, Harry, would you mind if I stayed for the second hour? I said, mind? I said, uh, I'd be honored. I said, we'll be right back with Governor Florio for another hour. It was fantastic. And so from there, our second guest was Congressman Bill Hughes. And then our third guest was Olympic champion Larry James. And we were off and running uh, in our broadcasting career. Now, I know Margie is listening right now. Margie was with me a number of months ago. I said to Margie, I said, I want to call Governor Florio and I just want to thank him for what he did. And that's the last conversation I ever had with Governor Florio. I thanked him for saying yes. I thanked him for being our guest. And he was a good man, obviously. And it was Steve Persky who did him in. Steve Persky operated under archaic rules that were no longer in effect. And he said, do all the taxes, bam, right away, all of it, 
all of it, eh? toilet paper, everything, tax it, tax everything. And they'll all forget about it in four years. Well, he almost survived that. But if you remember, and I don't know why this number sticks in my head, I'm almost positive it's correct. It was something like $2.4 or $2.8 billion in new taxes. Now, that's a lot now, but the size of the budget then, this was outer outer space just increase. And it was terrible advice. Former Senator Persky was Governor Florio's chief of staff. He he served him very, very poorly in this regard. It was just terrible advice. I remember saying it at the time. I said, it's over. And, of course, then Christy Whitman had the near loss to Bill Bradley, and she runs. Now, in fairness, she barely won. She barely beat Jim Florio, who had raised taxes by $2.8 billion, and then she barely beat Jim McGreevy four years after that. And, of course, really, uh, her post-governorship, horrific horrifically bad right to the present moment i did not, i did not support governor uh governor whitman in her re-election bid against mcgreevy i supported jim mcgreevy could not support christy whitman in that election but it's with great sadness that i report the passing of jim florio who i considered i want to say i want to say a friend probably good acquaintance and does it really matter if you have affection for someone to split hairs about what you'll call them i will call him friend we had a great relationship he knew me i knew him he was always there for me uh, always got back to me promptly didn't take advantage of it but anytime that i had something important that i needed addressed uh he was always there and many many times uh, he was able to accommodate. And that's always, you know, a really great... I've been very fortunate. Um, I've had a... Let me try to think for a second. Yeah, I mean, I think I can run the table. John Corson and I did the very first interview he ever did in his life here in our studio. I, I was shocked when he said, Harry, this is the first interview I've ever done on the radio, Ever. I didn't even know that going into it. I had a great relationship with Florio. I had a great relationship with Whitman. Had a great relationship with McGreevy. Uh, excellent relationship with Donnie D, Don DeFrancesco. Uh, let's see. Excellent relationship with Chris Christie. Uh, and after no relationship at all with Governor Murphy for two years, a excellent relationship for about the last two, three years. So it goes to show that you can you can get along with people if you care to, if you work at it, regardless of your political affiliation. And I think that's a lot of what the Atlantic City ballot question is going to be all about. Taking the the infected, sick, partisan political system and changing back to where people are not running as democrats and republicans you're going to have to run 
and stand on your own. I mean, keep in mind, an absolute bum like Ernest Corsi would win District 1 in that freeholder, now commissioner seat, by acclamation. It was impossible for him to lose. It was impossible for a Republican to win. Now, that is different now. Look, the, the district still favors a Democrat, but now with Longport and Margate and Ventnor and Brigantine, and then you have elements of, of the 5th and 6th Ward that I think will be very open to Vermaken. And I guess it's a piece of um, a Pleasantville, of course, and a piece of maybe West Atlantic City EHT. It's it's still a Democrat district, but Corsi is such a bum, and Ver Macon is su- Macon is such a um, a wonderful person. I mean, honestly, you're talking about like almost like political poop in one pile, and and somebody that is extraordinary in the other. You want you want you want to eat poop, or do you want something a little better than that? I would say um, that that seat is winnable for Vern Macon. I really believe that. Again, the composition of the district still favors a Democrat, but not wildly like before. And of course, the Corsi factor—he's got members of city council. Democrats are are voting for Republican Macon. But check out the item that we published about George Tibbet because I can't wait. I can't wait for Marty Small because I I jam his quotes so far up his political process that what's he going to say? He's lying again. He's lying. No, I quoted you uh, exactly, Marty Small, exactly when you when you publicly came out and supported Republican Don Guardian for re-election in Atlantic City. Because it wasn't about Republicans or Democrats. Well, that's what November 8th is going to be about. Not about Republicans and Democrats. Oh, I can't wait. This is, I think that question is sitting very, very pretty right now. We'll see. You know, it's up to the people to decide. We'll be back. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. Great one. It's 53 minutes past the hour. We have quite a morning in store for you. I think you're going to enjoy it. We have open forum coming up in the next hour, so that's automatic because you're the best at that. And then we have Dan Garbett uh, regarding the breaking news. If you've gone to the digital platform of WPG Talk Radio 95.5, you can get a head start uh, because we have, for the first time, we have spilled the beans on something very, very big that's coming to Atlantic City in the form of an indoor rowing championship competition that has many layers of community outreach to it. It's going to be very, very exciting. And it is the um, the genesis, the vision, the idea of former Senator Bill Gormley. We have Dan Garbett for the first half of the 8 o'clock hour and then to talk about the Stockton University, if you will, component perspective, Dr. Harvey Kesselman at 8.35 and Mayor Kane in the 9 o'clock hour. So as you can see, it's a very big 
Newsday and a very busy Newsday here on the Hurley in the Morning program. Uh, during the break, I did write probably the first 150 words about a column that I'm going to file. I don't know how long it's going to take. You know, I get five minutes here and there, but I'm going to do it as judiciously as I can and honor a man that I believe really, um, I've heard it from so many people, and it's just the truth. When Governor Florio agreed to be, there was a method to my madness. I think if I had known more, I would never even have tried the ask because it had never happened before. No governor had ever agreed to do it. But what happened was when this young, never before basically heard of person all of a sudden is on the WFPG AM 1450 airways. And the very first guest is the sitting governor of the state of New Jersey. What I was told, and it really was my... um, my whole thought process, everybody else said yes because just the governor was on. Why am I going to say no? You know, it was, it was Jim Florio, Bill Hughes, Larry James, Bill Gormley. Everybody came on. And then that was that. Away we went. And I, I hope that... Everybody listening is of the same philosophy. You should never forget those that made it possible. Like, I can't ever forget Dick Taylor. Even before the program director, John Spini and I became very, very close. I mean, Dick Taylor gave me a shot. And I want to put John Spini into the conversation, too. I had nothing to draw from. I had run for office a couple of times. I had served on the school board. I had a, a basic knowledge of civics and government and things like that and did public speaking because of you know, having run and in my executive position, but had never done anything like a talk show. So I put together this whole binded package that I typed on this rudimentary computer with the tiniest little screen, amber-colored letters on a dark screen, like old technology of the 19, early 90-ish type technology. And it was a word processor, but not like you have today. And I put together this multi-page presentation, and I put in there, and my first guest will be New Jersey Governor... Jim Florio, and we didn't have Governor Florio. I think I made that clear in my little quip of the last segment. We didn't have Governor Florio. And if you're just joining, why am I talking about this? Uh, I found out that Governor Florio at age 85 passed away last night. And he was always a good friend to me, to this program. And of course, I never forgot the fact that he was our first guest ever. And I I believe it's very important to, and I know some people don't do this, and you see people that are very, they almost resent the people that help them because they want to pretend that they did it all by themselves. That's not me. I always honor the people 
that um, made it possible for me. Like I always, you know, but of course we're very dear friends like brothers, but I'm always grateful to Chuck Malamut because he was incredible to me. Uh, I'm always very, very um, loyal to President Trump. President Trump gave me the job that I worked for for about 12 years that I honestly never thought I could get because there's only one of them and in each property and it usually goes to somebody else. So I just think it's important to remember those who made it possible. And Governor Florio, uh, and I'll continue to honor him and his memory because he was enormously important in the positioning of this program because we came out of the box swinging and then when he said you know i'm in studio and then we were able to confirm it's never happened before and then he said harry would you mind if i stay for you know the next hour i mean that was it it was just you know off to the races at that point so we mourn his loss and we appreciate him so very much we'll be back 609-407-1450 an open phone line on the hurley in the morning program WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks. Welcome back. Uh, Six minutes past the hour. Phone lines are open. 609-407-1450. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Happy Monday. This is Keith from Northfield. Yes, it is. Hey, I have these neighbors up my street. Oh, you're going to love this one, Harry. Where they had a Trump head hanging from a tree. They had an F Trump sign, which I had to call our local PD to have them take down because my son rides a bike by him. And now they have a no hate lives here home. Wow. That's that's called triggered. Uh, That's pretty wild. That's pretty woke. It's pretty sick. I don't know. I had to get that off my chest there. Terrible. Terrible. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable when people don't get their way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just that people, who has time to live like that? What do they do all day? I mean, think about that type of expression is pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why the FBI didn't investigate them because President Trump was in office when they had all this. Per, well, because it's a different, you know, they, the system, the swamp didn't want Trump. They wanted to outlast him. Then when it came time for the reelection, they all did everything they could to make sure he didn't win. They don't want him back. That's what all this is about. Uh, it's sick. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous how grown adults can act that way. Yeah. Well, hey, look, they, they have a, a deep hatred. Uh, it's, it's, it, I'm telling you it's clinical uh, because no one 
should have the level of hatred, vitriol that they have. But it's sick. I mean, I guarantee you, if he died, they would write the harshest headlines that you could ever imagine. Remember when the austere religious uh, scholar died, a.k.a. terrorist? Uh, Yeah. They would write horrible about President Trump, even in death. They'll never turn it off. I think they have counselors for that, Harry. Yeah, oh, they they need a psychiatrist. They need counseling. They need a psychologist. I mean, they need all kinds of things. They're sick. Have a good week, Harry. Yep, you too, my friend. See you, Keith. 609-407-1450, open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Harry, good morning. How are you? It's Tom Forkin calling. Tom, good morning. Good morning. I, I was listening on my way into work, uh, and you had mentioned Vern Macon, and uh, talking about briefly the nonpartisan form of government. Um, and, you know, Vern is an outstanding candidate, and it's wonderful to see uh, you know, Councilman, uh, you know, Councilman Weeks and Councilwoman Dunstan supporting her. But, you know, I think even almost almost as important, if not more important, is that nonpartisan form of government question. We have one municipal question on the ballot, I believe, this year, and that is for to return to the nonpartisan form. Now, you'll remember 25 years ago, I was the advocate and the attorney to put the um, partisan form of government in place. And the reason that we did that um, at the time was that Atlantic City was hemorrhaging money to the state, that they were taking 100% of our luxury room and parking tax, which they still take 100% of. And uh, that's in excess of 90 plus million a year. And now they've dug even in deeper into the pocket. But let, let me also say, you don't have to subscribe to this, but the real reason, and remember, I was here, I advocated for it. Uh, I can't even recall how many hours we continue to interview people about it and keep it out there and so on and so forth. The main reason for the change in the form of government uh, from nonpartisan May elections to partisan June primary and November elections was to get rid of Jim Whalen. That's that's the reason. Come on. Well, yeah, that's and, the and reason. to create a form of accountability. I mean, in my mind. It was, you know, if well, I'd rather just be intellectually honest about it. It was not about accountability. It was about getting rid of him. Uh, come on, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm falling on on my sword, whatever you want to call it. It was about getting rid of Jim Whalen. It was a much better form of government. Uh, you actually had people that had to stand on their own two feet. They couldn't run as Republicans or Democrats. Look at some of these bums that get in because if they get the Democrat nomination, they're in. It's automatic. Uh, so this is only going back to the future. I wouldn't complicate it, Tom, with like all this stuff because there was nothing good. It was only about getting rid of Jim Whalen and retiring him because everybody knew he couldn't win the Democrat nomination. He couldn't win in a partisan election in that era. He, of course, he made a great comeback and he won for the assembly and he won for the Senate. Uh, but at that point in time, and and that's the one good thing about me having 31 years in this chair. Uh, I know exactly why that question came about, and I know exactly why I got in support of it. Uh, he had to go. He was abusing, in my estimation, the powers of the office, and there was no stopping him. He would continue to win uh, in the form of government that was in place at the time. Because if you remember at the time, 
he got a good amount of Democrat support, but he also got a good amount of Republican support because they were running in May and faking like they're not Republicans or Democrats. And here we go. Uh, So to me, this is a back to the future moral imperative. Uh, It will be much better for the citizens. It will give them power back. It will um, take a lot of these bosses that have tremendous influence. Now, of course, the state still has control of Atlantic City, but this is a far better form of government. And, Tom, it always was. If you go back before that, you had the nonpartisan commission form of government. So until that change was made, and it was purely to get rid of Whalen, got to be honest about that. I don't think that should be the campaign because this is really just putting it back to where it was. Atlantic City has operated for decades in a nonpartisan May election cycle, whether it was for many, many years, the five-member commission, or for the years after that in the nonpartisan mayor council form of government. I, I think it's a slam dunk that what's going on right now uh, in terms of this, this evil politics uh, has to go. No, I agree, Harry. Um, you know, partisanship just hasn't worked. No, and, you know, in Atlantic City. Correct. Um, and but here's the good news, though. Nobody in Atlantic City is signing away the county races, the state races, federal races. That all still takes place, obviously, in June and in November. This is just a decision if the Atlantic City residents and voters are like minded and agree to fix a lot of the local problems that you have right now. The small gang, yeah. Corsi and all these problem people. Yep. Yep. It has to be corrected. You know, so I just wanted to call in on that piece and, you know, just kind of really start to beat the drum now leading into November 8th that we have to support that municipal public question. We need to get the vote out and support that municipal public question, because if that happens, those council races will come up in May this year. And, you know, it wouldn't be, you know, a June primary um Right now, it's and and if you go to our website, ladies and gentlemen, all the details are there uh, with no bias. It just tells you what this would mean Uh, if this question passes on November 8th, then May of 2023, there will be council races uh, in May. No longer the June primary. No one will be running as Democrats and Republicans. Uh, I, I think that the time is right. The communication of the Atlantic City Independence Committee has been excellent. Uh, nobody is doing this with any type of political axe to grind or anything. This is just to return more control to the local people. It's it's really, uh, it's time has come. Absolutely, Harry. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you, Tom. Be well. Let's get our break in. We'll come right back to your calls and open phone line 609-407-1450. Here's Sean Hannity. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. The officials at the Biden Pentagon claiming young Americans no longer want to serve in the armed forces. Well, really? You think maybe, just maybe, the Pentagon's recruitment problem has something to do with the humiliating retreat in Afghanistan? Including abandoning thousands of Americans behind enemy lines? Not to mention the fact that Biden's inflation is so high that... They're telling our troops that are serving our country and protecting our freedoms that their tax dollars will go to pay for a college education for other Americans. But if you're not making your if you're not balancing your budget and making ends meet, 
Uh, yeah, we recommend you go on food stamps because that's what Biden's Pentagon has now done. Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here. War, inflation, and $30 trillion in debt. It's looking like 2008 all over again. Millions of Americans watched their retirement savings disappear, while those who invested in physical gold and silver were protected. And if you have $50,000 or more in your IRA, 401k, or savings, you could be at risk again. Right now, thousands of Americans are using an IRS loophole to add physical gold and silver to their retirement savings. So call 855-815-GOLD to get a free gold kit and learn how you could get $10,000 or more in free silver to protect your retirement savings. Gold Co. has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and they have placed over $1 billion in precious metals. We could be looking at a recession worse than 2008, so don't wait. Call Gold Co. today. Call 855-815-GOLD. That's 855-815-GOLD. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 22 minutes past the hour. Phone lines are open. 609-407-1450. Wide open forum. If you jump in now, you'll get on quicker than before because we did drop a few calls during the last break. 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open. Wide open forum this hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. Welcome. You're on the air. Caller, did you hear that beep? Hold on. Let's try it again. Caller, are you there? All right, well, we can hear you. Uh, it does happen once in a while. If you're talking, we're not hearing you. Give a call back, 609-407-1450. Uh, let me remind you, coming up at 8.05, Dan Garbett, former longtime Old Dominion University women's coach uh, for the rowing program. Uh, he's left coaching by his own device, but not his love of the sport of rowing. He's teaching and doing a lot of good things within the sport. Uh, we're going to visit with Dan about an incredible idea that is going to come to fruition. And the the seeds are planted. Uh, the harvest, I believe, is going to be bountiful. And it's going to be an amazing event in Atlantic City. We have the details on our website at WPGTalkRadio.com. Also on the app, which most people navigate the digital content from the app, uh, the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Let me uh, also remind you of something that I was reading about a few hours ago before airtime. John Cena, who is a wrestler turned actor, he has the Guinness World Book of Records for make-a-wish he is so incredibly popular and so incredibly accommodating he has fulfilled 650 wishes you know make-a-wish these are dying children typically uh who have a final wish something really exciting something that's very meaningful to them and john cena is incredibly popular uh and 650 times he has made 
that wish come true, that final wish, that make a wish. The the close, and that's in in 42 years of make a wish, no one has ever done more. And in fact, no one's come anywhere near. Second is 250, and I don't know who that is. But since 2002, John Cena has fulfilled 650 wishes. And I'll tell you what that makes me want to do. I, I want to support someone like that. Someone that does that, you don't even need to know. You don't have to do an investigation of them. You don't even need to know anything more. You just know that is a good person. That is a special person. Because, you know, that's a, that's a lot of time. That's quality time that you put in. And that's emotional time, that emotional connection. It's powerful. And it's just such a cool story. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Caller, you can, hear me? I hear you fine. Oh, awesome. Listen, first of all, I'm not great at politics, and I've learned a lot from your show. I live right in Northfield, and I can't believe I got through. But anyway, <laughs> my stepfather is up in North, North Jersey, and he called me yesterday and said in New York and in that area, they're seeing, he's seeing signs of nuclear attacks. And I said, if I didn't hear it on your radio station, then I definitely don't believe it. But I wanted to talk to you about it, or at least let you know to look into it. Well, there's, there's, no, no, there's no known nuclear attack that's on the record at, at this moment as we speak. What is very much uh, in the news is Vladimir Putin has been threatening uh, to use nuclear weapons. So he, he bears watching. There's a heightened tension about the threat of global nuclear type, you know, thermal nuclear type uh, weapons being used. But nothing has been at this at this time. Yeah. We're not hearing about it down here. It's just uh, it's a democratic. Yeah, believe me, if there was a nuclear attack, uh, we'd all know it anywhere on the planet. We would all know it. We would know where. Uh, invariably, there would probably be, no matter where it is, video, the mushroom cloud and and all the damage and all that. So uh, I'm not saying there's nothing to worry about because Putin, I think, is a desperate man that he might be very, very close to meeting his own demise in his own country because he made certain assurances to very powerful oligarchs and other people that this was going to be very fast that he would dispatch Ukraine in, in a couple of days, and uh, Ukraine has brought it and taken it to them. Yeah, listen, my name is Patrick Danola. I drive for Billows Electric. I am, I like I said, I I'm not big on I'm not great on knowing politics, but I learned yeah. to you, well, and, I, and I talk about what I learned from you. So I just want to say I love your show. I listen to it every day. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Thank you so much for that. And uh, call again sometime because, you see, you can get through. And I appreciate the fact that you took the time to check in. Let's get some more calls in. We can get one in before the bottom of the hour, and then don't go away. We'll come right back with the second half of this hour and more of your calls at 609-407-1450. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hello? We must be having a problem with the phone lines this morning. Uh, it's intermittent. Let me get the break in 
And when we come back, you'll be next, and you'll be right after that. Although I have to say, I'm not hearing the uh, that sound that you usually get. Maybe the folks don't hear that they're on the air. Uh, this is going to be tricky. I think you're going to have to just trust that you're on. Now I get it. I am not hearing that um, on-air wonderful little celebration. So the the callers are probably not getting the little uh, the little uh, ding, the gong sound that you're connected. Uh, I'll take a peek. I don't think there's much that I can do about that, but um, the phone lines are working. And when I bring you on, just say, is it me? And I'll say it's you. And then there'll be people on hold. Do you know I had a conversation with someone? It took me 10 years to figure it out because I said, I've never talked to you. Because no, no, we had a whole conversation. And this was it about, this is what it was about. They thought they were on the air and it must've just been one of those things where they had a perfect conversation along with me that I was having with someone else. And they thought it was them on the air. We both together figured out that that's what it had to be. Because I said, look, I know you've never been on. Somebody that I knew. So you've never been on. He goes, oh, I've been on. We had a great conversation. I said, no, I remember having that conversation, but it was with someone else. So anyhow, little things happen from time to time. Uh, and we don't fret over them. Back to your calls. Don't go away right after this. It's early in the morning. As always, don't try this at home. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 30 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Breaking news. You can read all about it. Atlantic City Indoor Rowing Championships are, in fact, coming to Atlantic City's convention center in early february we've got the news atlantic city council president george tibbett has made his decision on the ballot question that's a breaking news exclusive you can read all about it and congressman van drew on the unfortunate circumstances in wildwood from the town square new jersey info and weather network i'm chief meteorologist dan zaro ah to jacket or not to jacket that is the question thermometers this morning are in the 50s well inland 60s close to the coast not bad high temperatures today similar to yesterday around 78 degrees mostly sunny with a fresh breeze there is a chance of a very isolated shower later on partly cloudy tonight low 55 back to sunshine tomorrow and breezy again high comes down to 73 get weather 24 7 wherever you are download our free mobile app today the number of people doing business early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. 36 minutes past the hour. So let's see how this is going right now. We're having a little um, glitch with the phone lines. I, I figured out that I'm not hearing that sound that I usually hear in my headset, which tells me if I'm not hearing it, that the callers aren't. And so the caller doesn't know they're on the air when I welcome them because they're not being given the prompt. So watch, watch as I get past this. Peter, trust me, you're on the air. It's you. Speak. Good morning, Harry. How are you doing? See, that was easy. Did you not get the beep? I got the beep. Oh, good. Okay, then it's working. Good, good. Welcome. Well, you know, I was thinking about it last night at work, and, you know, next month, it'll be 60 years, if I'm correct, 
since the uh, October missile crisis. Right. If I'm correct. I think you're correct. And I was just thinking, I was just thinking, you know something? Then we had a president who not only was a combat vet, but had the best civilian and military advisors. He was adept. He had cunning. He had courage. And he knew how to deal with Khrushchev over this issue. He didn't say anything stupid. He didn't mumble or bumble. He didn't even consult the Easter rabbit. <laughs> but you know something? All of us of this of our generation, even before, especially me because I lived in New York at the time, that was a target, big time. Sure. And we're still here because of John F. Kennedy's courage. Now we have, I can't even use the word president, who consults the Easter Bunny, has a uh, press secretary who is, she's a, a lot of French fries short of a Happy Meal. <laughs> he has advisors. He has an admiral who wears a dress and is a guy, not to mention the rest of his cabinet. And nowadays we're shaking in our boots or sneakers, bedroom slippers or whatever. What's going to happen next? What is he going to say next? And everything else. And it's very frightening. Sure. If you'll agree with me. I do agree with you. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to be concerned. Uh, he is a maniac. And you got to figure, if he sees the walls close in on him to where he's about to be taken out, or this thing goes sideways on him, he's capable, I think, of of launching a strike. And, of course, the the whole reason we've never had anything like this is there's always the sane belief that the concept of mutually assured destruction keeps everybody in check, but not if you're dealing with a lunatic. And not only that, we all we knew that no no Russian leader at that time would do this do, pull this stunt with Reagan. In fact, I think Reagan said, uh, "Quote, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll leave you with it." He would like to, he, he said, I'm looking forward to a meeting with the Russian leaders. Problem is, they don't live very long. I know. That's really good. Uh, it's true. That, if that's not exactly it, it's, uh, it's the exact meaning of, of what was said. Peter, I'm going to get another call and thank you. And uh, as usual, you raise thoughtful, very good points. Thank you. 609-407-1450, open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. As the Go-Go's men say, we got the beat. I like it. So, <laughs> um, Harry, uh, uh, just a dovetail off of uh, Peter. You know, people keep saying, we got to get rid of this guy, we got to get rid of this guy, but then people say, well, if we get rid of this guy, then we wind up with Kamala Harris. Right. And I keep, I keep trying to convince people Joe Biden's not running the country. 
So really nothing would change. The, the people who are running the country, you know, we've had this talk a million times. It's, it's Obama. It's Ron Klain. It's Susan Rice. It might be Valerie Jarrett. Well, uh, by the way, it's funny you should, should just say that. We seem to do this a lot, answer each other's uh, next thought. There is word on the street, we'll call it Broad Street, that uh, Valerie Jarrett is coming back. She will have a, a, a significant role, which I think continues to support uh, the Andy Cortman theory that Barack Obama is running the show. I mean, if Valerie Jarrett... Valerie Jarrett lived with the Obamas. I mean, that's pretty weird. Uh, she I, And I think she still does, if I'm not mistaken. But she did anyhow. And that's unusual uh, to have that kind of setup. She, she wielded very unusual, uh, significant power. And another one that hates America. So we were in, 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 in a tight spot then. Uh, but if you see her come back in something, the form of chief of staff or some major position, don't be surprised. No. And, you know, th- th- these people, I mean, we've talked about this before, too. I mean, these people, in, in, they're, they're misfits. I mean, you look, you look at these people, they're misfits. And these were like the outcasts. In, in school. These were the people who nobody paid any attention to, uh, never had a date, never went to the prom, never got picked for any team. And, you know, they've got this power now, and boy, they're using it to a fairly well. Um, the, the, the thing I saw last night was that these, uh, these private planes and I hope you didn't mention this in your monologue this morning. I missed like the first 15 minutes. But that they're bringing in these, these illegals on private planes. They're flying them into McAllen, Texas. I watched these people nicely dressed, these, these so-called poor asylum seekers who are fleeing religious and, and, and political persecution. These poor people, nicely dressed, sitting on private planes and being flown in. And I'm thinking, where are they getting the money to pay these people to fly them in? These poor, uh, desperate immigrants who have nothing, who are coming here for a better life. Meanwhile, we have Americans, most of whom are living paycheck to paycheck, and their paychecks are getting smaller because taxes are coming out to feed and clothe and house these poor Asylum seekers who are simply coming here for a better life yet are coming in here on private planes and are paying for the privilege of doing so. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, you want to talk about the fundamental transformation. Harry, we've all seen Joe Biden. We've all seen what he's capable of, what he's physically capable of, and what he's mentally capable of. Do you really think Biden can come up with is coming up with any of this stuff i mean every day it's something new that this man doesn't even know how to wipe his rear end by the way did you see at the um united nations general assembly speech he didn't know where to go he walked over it was that look again like he saw someone he's having those hallucinations i know that this for some reason we know what the reason is the, the Democrat media, they, they're acting like everything's normal here. 
but he did that same deal. He didn't shake anybody's hand this time that wasn't there, but he didn't know where to go. He got that wide, crazy look. Then he's staring and he sees, but he knows that's not the right way and he's lost. I mean, it's a mess what's going on. So, yes, I don't believe that he is capable of any complex thinking at this point. Well, Harry, I I did see that. And did you notice when he started wandering around that uh, I don't know whoever was was running, who was emceeing or hosting or running this event, um, then said, oh, thank you, Mr. President. And, you know, he was acting like nothing happened, like this guy wasn't wandering around on the stage. And it reminds me of the story of the emperor's new clothes, which we also saw with Obama. I mean, they, they would, they would, uh, Obama could look you straight in the eye and tell you something was, dem- was, was true that you knew was demonstrably false. Uh, you know, I, I, and, and it's the emperor's new clothes. Everybody's covering, yeah. you know, where's the little boy to come out and say, but he's naked, but he's naked. Where is this little boy? And I watched a clip of Peppermint Patty over the weekend. I don't know if you saw this where she said, she actually said, now this is a woman who lied for this guy for two years, looked you in the face and lied for this man for two years, okay? Told you things that you absolutely knew were false, but she said them anyway. Over the weekend, she said that if this election, the, the, the November election, if it's a referendum on the president, we lose. So that so 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 basically, and 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 you know, Harry, uh, uh, where is the next Woodward and Bernstein? Even if you're a diehard Democrat, Harry, even if you are a a true believer in everything the Democrats want to do, there's well, let me let me jump in real quick because you've had a good role here. It shows you what frauds people like Woodward, Woodward and Bernstein are because that you think about it with their contacts and their investigative prowess. Could you imagine if they had decided for the past two years to really dig deep and, and check into exactly what's going on here? They, there is so much to find out, like what happens uh, right before these debates and special um, speaking engagements that he has, that he disappears for three days, almost like clockwork. It's always three days. So I have this theory that he has infusions or something, uh, which is not really far-fetched. And that they they hype him up somehow, and it, it's it's kind of like the Notebook, the movie on steroids. It took James Garner like the whole movie to get um, uh, what's what's the female lead, not the uh, younger lead, Ryan Gosling, and the younger lead, Gina Gina Rollins. Gina Rollins takes him the whole movie to get her to light back up. I I say they light him up in a in in in, in a three day stretch. Something goes on. Now, that's just one element. You could be talking to all kinds of people. Hey, what's up? When he, you know, shook hands with the air. And what's up here? And what's up there? And they could be checking, does he have doctor's appointments? Why do they put a lid on the White House every Friday at noon? Why does he go home to Delaware every single weekend? Why is he taking so much time off? This could be the source. I'm telling you, I could do it. If I, if I had like a grant or something... And I could provide for my family and do everything I need to do to take care of. And I wouldn't have to do this and the other things that I do to provide a living. I could get to the bottom of it. I know it. They choose not to. 
It, it's true, Harry. You you think of someone who, again, is a is a died in the wool Democrat, a true believer, but you have to think at some point the person's saying, you know, I could make a career out with this. With if I break this wide open, I can make a career for myself. Like, well, here, here's what I know, Andy. Somebody's going to do it. This is why Biden can't run again. They they have total control of him. Somebody will do it at some point. The only thing it's just fill in the date. We don't know. But at some point, somebody's going to come out and say, hey, I, I love my country. I, I mean, I, I think Joe's a great guy and I don't want to hurt anybody, but I love my country more or my country deserves the truth. And somebody, some patriot is going to step up and they're going to spill the beans on what the hell is wrong here. Uh, this, this, I promise you, will not continue indefinitely. It has a shelf life of I don't know how long, but at some point it expires and the truth is going to come out. I've got to run. I'm late. Uh, back to your calls right after this. Don't go away. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. 55 minutes past the hour. Back to your calls we go. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hey, Harry. Hey. Uh, before uh, Biden ran, I remember seeing an interview with his wife saying that there's no way that he would run because he's not able to, basically, you know, paraphrase. You know, you know what? I want to push back on that. I I never heard her ever say anything even remotely close to that. And I've considered her to be the great enabler. Ah, uh, I must be. I mean, you could look. I mean, if you could do me a favor, if you can figure out when and where, I would love to look up that that, that clip, that video, that cut, uh, because I'm unaware of it. Yeah, that was like uh, probably about a year before he actually started running because they were talking about putting him in. And I just figured my my theory would have been that that, if I did remember correctly, they probably said, don't worry, you know, we've got him covered. We'll take care of everything. Well, when, when he became totally viable was during the pandemic because you could you didn't need an excuse to hide in your basement. He could just say, look at me. I got the whole war room down here. I got the whole campaign apparatus. You know, it's just not safe to travel anywhere. I'm here. I'm engaged. I'm active. And once in a while, he would pop out and he would go to Pennsylvania. uh, And that was it. And he got away with that purely only because solely because of the pandemic and the vote by mail that was done and all of that. It could never have happened otherwise. Yeah, I'll have to check and see if I can figure out. What that interview and uh, yeah, do do me that favor. And I'm down to two minutes. I want to get in one more call. I want to talk to you again on that. So check back with me and have a great day. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Mayor. I got the beep. Yes, it's all it's all good. Uh, it's all good. Yeah. 
So I'm figuring it this way, and you can tell me if I'm way off the base here. A phone call came in to South Carolina. It was probably President Obama or Valerie. To, to Clymer, uh, Clyburn, rather. And they said, uh, our guy's going down. You've got to save him. Mm-hmm. And he did. And then, uh, and he did. The, the next thing, Clyburn saved Biden's candidacy was going down the proverbial toilet. Yeah, the next next phone call went to Bernie Sanders, and uh, he was assured that he was going to get a lot of his new Green Deal, and then he would basically back off like he did in 2016 when he got a lot of what he wanted, even though it, it never happened because Trump beat Clinton. I think both. Both happened that way. Valerie Jarrett actually moved in with the Obamas, and I said it that was five blocks five blocks away from the White House, just to put a cherry on it. Yeah, she but she actually lived in the White House like a family member. She lived there. Yeah, it's, it's like unheard of. She lives in their she she lives in their new house. Correct. In, uh, they have a house in Washington. I said that too. Yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. aware of that. It's crazy. Uh, the reason I pointed out, she's family. That's that's beautiful. Close friends, family, a bunch of I hate America, you know, uh, groupies that, you know, uh, live together. And if she comes back into the government, you know, she bears watching. Horrifically bad. We're at halftime. We'll talk judge next time. He's still going to do it. It's just they're not pitching him. They walked him a slew of times. We'll, uh, we'll regale about that at a later date, Dan. We've got time for that. When we come back, Dan Garbett rowing royalty in the house and breaking news on air we've got the story on the digital platform check it out wpgg atlantic city wenj hd3 millville a town square media station everything you need to know in six minutes starts now from harry hurley way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much and welcome back. Approaching seven minutes past the hour, I've been really looking forward to this because this amazing event that is coming to Atlantic City in the not-too-distant future has been um, under the radar screen. A lot of key partners have been working together on it. And this morning, I had the privilege and the digital footprint of this new story precedes this interview by about three hours. We were able to break first news of an incredible event that is coming to Atlantic City and on the Hurley in the Morning Newsmaker hotline is Dan Garbett, yes, of the very famous Garbett, I call them rowing royalty, uh, their family, just a family of championship rowers from the father to the sons. Uh, and Garbett, meaning Dan, is the longtime head coach of the Old Dominion University women's rowing program. He left coaching of his own devices, but not his passion for the sport of rowing. When I say he left coaching, he left college coaching because he's teaching, he's still coaching, swimming, and rowing. And uh, Dan Garbett is a 2001 graduate of Princeton University. He was a member of the United States National Rowing Team in 1998. And he joins us now. We're going to break the news on air for the first time here on the Hurley in the Morning program. Hello, Dan. 
Uh, good morning. Thanks so much for having me on, Harry. Good to talk to you, Dan. Now, I'm going to turn it over to you because you're the expert. I just had the privilege of writing words and speaking words about it. Tell us about, and I know Senator Gormley is the originator and all of that. Tell us the genesis of this great event and explain what this event is for those who haven't read our print story about it, because we do have all the details in there about the name of the the championship event and all of that. But let's talk about it like no one knows about it, because a lot of people listening right now do not know anything about it. How did this all come about and what is it that's going to be coming to Atlantic City? Take it away. Sure. Um, Well, you know, it it has developed um, since its inception, since being contacted by Senator Gormley. um, The timing and positioning of everything has kind of brought um, some of the very exciting elements into uh, in a partnership, which initially it was going to be. through talks, you know, I also work with U.S. Rowing as their coastal rowing coordinator. And in that capacity, I had the pleasure of presenting at the U.S. Rowing Convention and speaking with um, our world rowing counterpart who oversees coastal and also indoor rowing. And as soon as uh, I was on the phone with Bill uh, Gormley, you know, I, I thought immediately of, of this conversation I had in January of last year um, with Liz Suter, who was of world rowing. And I said, you know, the the timing of all this and our the, the capacity of the city I, I think lends itself to to having a, a larger conversation with U.S. Rowing to see if they would want to be involved. The event itself was you know was really going to be um, you know that was going to be happening you know regardless irrespective of um, you know partnering with U.S. Rowing. But I felt that with where our conversation was at the world rowing level that there was a desire and a focus to grow the indoor rowing space, um, specifically, you know, with new race formats to draw in uh, a much broader audience of, of people. And um, I just thought that, that this was the right time, and so did U.S. Rowing. And um, we're, we're very excited to be partnering with U.S. Rowing to bring an indoor championship as well as a coaching convention um, and fitness expo, a rowing and, and, and health expo, um, as as ancillary components of this this larger championship so so really the the event will have an expo area um the u.s rowing coaches convention with coaching education uh platform attached there'll be you know conferences going on throughout the day uh, early morning and afternoons Uh, and there'll be three days of racing um which will race the traditional formats 2000 meters and 500 um, the age group classifications, you know, from U17 all the way up to 70 plus men and women, uh, lightweight as well, but then also new, new and exciting formats with shorter race, um, distances and a sort of workout of the day, um, element. So, so mirroring a little bit more of like a, uh, CrossFit games approach to, to really kind of, um, as I said, keen on the fitness enthusiast. Um, that, that South Jersey has and the, you know, the greater area has so many of and, and bring in anyone who's ever used this machine, you know, in the conversation with world rowing, um, they, they use the term that the motto for world rowing is their, their, their creed is that they want to be, um, globally, globally practiced and, or universally practiced and globally relevant. And the rowing machine has gotten to a point now where it is, it is becoming universally practiced and recognized as a as a great workout 
uh, for your fitness enthusiasts. And, yeah, as I said, CrossFit uses the apparatus as well. Um, and, you know, the estimate was that there's anywhere between five to eight times the amount of indoor rowers as, you know, individual on-water rowers. And, you know, that most of these people don't necessarily identify as rowers that use the machine. Yeah. So, so the, the, you know, the formatting is to, to have some shorter races. Um, from a sports science standpoint, a really exciting thing is a peak power test. So it'll be 10 to 15 strokes of just pure, just pure burst um, and power application, which I think will bring um, a really exciting dynamic and a different athlete into the tent um, to take a look at really what's, what the human body is, is capable of doing in terms of, of force application on that machine. Dan, it's very exciting. Uh, quick reset. Dan Garbett is our guest. We're talking about, and this is a sanctioned event, the U.S. Rowing Indoor Rowing Championships, which will be held February 3rd through February 5th, 2023. But uh, obviously that sounds like a long time away, but it's not. It's just a number of months away, actually, early in the new year at the Atlantic City Convention Center. I do believe the convention center with everything, the train right to there, the size of the facility, uh, everything about it, it, it should be a fantastic home for this event, shouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a purely a, a pure tourism-driven event, which which I think is what will highlight um, this partnership. Which I, I think it was a that that really is the link. Our capacity in the time of the year and our ability to put on the show that that week, I think, is really what is driving this whole thing. Now, the the thing that I think is very um, cool about this is you've got these different categories. So alumni and lifeguard. I mean, this is really, and like you said, anyone who's ever had an oar in their hand, you want them to be a part of this. This is open to such a myriad of different people, enthusiasts at different levels and so on. It's, it's wide open, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's the, the, uh, from the onset, I think being deliberate about where the intersections are in our area, you know, with the lifeguard culture and the nearly endless entanglements with the sport of rowing through, through those, through those doors here in South Jersey. I think that, that really it's an event that has a, a chance to bring all different expressions of the sport together. Um, which really is what has made our area of South Jersey such a special place because there is just a collection of watermen and women that, that can do it all. You know, they can row lifeboats, they can, you know, they can surf, they can paddle, they can, you know, surf ski, they can row in flat water. Um, you know, just this summer, Stacey Price and, uh, and Big Doug um, jumped in, the Fender Beach Patrol um, athletes jumped in and, and with three hours preparation, almost won the U.S. trials for Coastal Beast Sprints this summer. So it's really just, I think, going to be an event that brings together all the people that that are um, enthusiasts about going hard. Dan, I'm going to ask you just to hold. We're going to do one more segment. That's why we scheduled the full first half hour, because I knew one segment would not be enough. And I'm going to share with you a story. I haven't told this to you off air. Uh, Dan and I have spoken a few times off air. I had a conversation with your father. Let's see now. My oldest daughter, you're not supposed to give a woman's age, is 39. But don't think I'm old, though, uh, Dan. I was very young. I was about 12 when Kristen was born. But no, I was very young when Kristen was born. Uh, Margie and I got married at age 21. Uh, So Kristen is 39. When Kristen was in high school, so I'm going to say 
just about 25 years ago as a freshman, your father told me something that I want to share with you now and see how this statement holds up a quarter of a century later. With Dan Garbett, I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 19 minutes past the hour visiting with Dan Garbett. And if you've missed any of the uh, interview with Dan, make sure you download the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app on your smartphone. It's free. It's safe. And then uh, when the podcast is uploaded, you can download it and you can listen to what you missed because you did. If you missed it, you missed a very listenable first segment where we confirm the news that Atlantic City will be hosting a sanctioned indoor rowing championship event February 3rd through February 5th of the new year, 2023. Dan, I spoke to your well, – you know I've known your family for a lifetime. I spoke to your father specifically on this point about a quarter of a century ago. He actually called me because he knew that Margie and I, my wife Margie and I, had two daughters. We have a son as well. And he said, Harry, I, I, I just want to tell you because he, he knew Kristen and Lauren and he knew, you know, they were good athletes and things. He said that they should consider getting involved in the sport of rowing because there are so many opportunities available for women that had not been available before. So many scholarships that were available and I know everything your dad said was true, and it came true for a lot of people over the last more than quarter of a century. And you've been around for a good portion of that. You were with the Old Dominion Women's Program, and then you were the head coach for a dozen years. You were with the program even before becoming the head coach. So a good portion of this conversation that I had with your father, you were uh, soon going to be a head coach or uh, initially a coach and then a head coach yourself. Is that still true today? Do you, do you agree with that comment uh, then? And is that still true today? I, you know, I agree with it then, and I, I absolutely agree with it now. I mean, the, the fight in college athletics is the same for all programs, you know, across all sports, which is to stay viable. Um, but the richness of opportunity at all division levels, one, two, and three, for specifically female athletes is incredible. I mean, there's, Division three programs that have, you know, spectacular funding and facilities um, all the way up through, you know, the, the very, very top, you know, fastest Division one programs. They're all all there in supporting women in athletics. So I know for me, it was a huge vehicle. You know, without this sport, I, I would have been just another public school kid with good grades trying to get into an Ivy League. So I recognized full well, you know, the, um, you know, the, the motor and the doors that this could this could start for somebody um, or open for somebody. I know it has for me. You know, I was thinking about it. I've known, and you don't know this necessarily because we didn't talk about it, but and this goes back quite a while, but I'm very familiar with Old Dominion University and their commitment to female sports in particular. I'm not saying sure. that the commitment is not there on the, on the men's side uh, because of a dear friend of mine who went – to Old Dominion. She was a starting point guard for Old Dominion. She took wow. over after uh, the great um, Nancy Lieberman retired. Uh, so that would have been the Marianne Stanley, Wendy La Larry era. Old Dominion mm -hmm. University, where you were the head coach of the women's rowing program for a dozen years, they have a phenomenal 
commitment to women's athletics, don't they? Absolutely. You know, they were, I think they still, I'm pretty sure they still have the NCAA record for division championships. I think they were 17 straight um, in their conference. Yeah. Um, with a few Naismith Award winners. Well, yeah, um, and Donovan, you had uh, Nancy Lieberman. I mean, they had uh, just amazing, amazing recruiting years for a long, long time, better than a generation or more of just great recruiting uh, that they were able to do. And, and of course, a lot of national championships and a lot of high-ranked finishes when they didn't win the the entire uh Division One championship, uh, but I just remember uh, because I had visited the, the the school and the campus, and there was just such a commitment. Even then, this was quite a while ago to the um, to the women's athletics. So, just for parents listening right now on your way to school with your kids, uh, rowing then, rowing now, as Dan just said, is is just a tremendous opportunity. Also, I believe there's something to the sport that brings about a lifetime of camaraderie too, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, it's one of those sports that you can engage in, um, you know, for life and, you know, in different capacities. I mean, you know, I just, before the pandemic, you know, had a, a few-year run with, you know, showing up and racing at the head of the Charles with my former college friends and, and teammates. And, um, you know, that, 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 you know, you feel that, that crack inside again, no matter how old we are, you get back together, the jokes are flying and the uh-huh. smiles are shining and, you know, you're, you know, you're twice as good maybe as it used to be, <laughs> but it's still, it's still a lot of, it's still a lot of fun. You know I mean? I, um, I know that was something that my dad impressed on us at a young age that this is something you can do. And it has been something that we've done, you know, meditatively even, you know, throughout my whole life. You know, I don't, I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. That's for sure. Without a doubt. And for those that, um, haven't read our digital component to this breaking news story, go to the app, go to the website, check it out. You will see in the comment section where we quote Senator Gormley in my article, he lists this uh, who's who of sponsors that have stepped up. There's Dan, there's, as you know, because you've been in, in this whole discussion from the beginning, there are a lot of really high quality people that have stepped up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, this this is definitely something that I have taken full notice of since working with Bill is that he's he's been able to get people together um that have connections to and and interest and passion about this project, um, and connections with each other that we've we've discovered. Many of us um you know, through discussions have, have figured that we've had a lot more overlap and connection to the sport than maybe we even thought. Um you know, from top to bottom, the number of people, you know, the Chambers of Commerce, the Atlantic County, the South Jersey Chamber of Commerce, the Swift family, um, Claire, incidentally, is our first uh, first race registrant. Um, yeah, no surprise. You know, yep. Yeah, Alan Stoller and Lee Levin for their continued guidance and support. Lynn and Harvey Kesselman and their outstanding work to try and increase access in the sport, um, you know, and within the community. Um, yeah, I, I agree. You know, the it's, it, it is... It is one of the, the unique elements, and I say one of the unique elements of South Jersey is, you know, that, that, that expression of rowing and how, how broad it is and how many people have been in a boat, any kind of boat. Um, you know, I, don't know, I don't know that I knew many people that, that didn't row, swim, surf, or fish, um, <laughs> all, maybe all in the same day. 
Um, so <laughs> that's a good line. Yeah, you know, so that 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 is something that holds. You know, from top to bottom, you know, in and out. You know, um, you know, Mike Mike Chape was a rower. You know, he wrote for Boncari, uh Marietta, John Boncari, who wrote for my dad at Atlantic City. And while Chape was rowing there, my brother Bob was the women's coach. So I mean, there's anyone that that we've been in discussion with sees the um, the connection to the yeah. city. And as you know, John is now at Stockton University himself. So, uh, yeah, it's like it's kind of full circle. And I did know that about Michael. I hope Michael is listening. I know that um, uh, that connection that you mentioned. We're reviewing the U.S. Rowing Indoor Rowing Championships event that will be held February 3rd through the 5th, 2023, at the Atlantic City Convention Center. So, you know, with the human force of nature that is Senator Gormley, the Atlantic City Sports Commission... Uh, all of these incredible working partners, Devco, Hanson, uh, all of them, uh, this is going to be um, really spectacular because it's just got so many winning people. Chris Baldino, uh, Levines, you know, you could go on and on, Finn Wentworth. Uh, not only do you have supporters, but you have people that are actively wanting to be a part of this and and making sure that it's a success a lot of winning people are getting behind this i i believe that and i'm calling this inaugural do you believe this is the kind of thing depending on how well everyone delivers that this could be the beginning of something very very big oh yeah without a doubt and without a doubt i i think that um you know the all of the interests align, and that was one of the things that I know it's so rare when you're you're talking about any kind of agreement. But but in talking with U.S. Rowing um, and their event staff, you know, Rich Cassiopo, um, Brett Gorman, and Sarah McAuliffe, everything was everything that we could offer and we're offering, and with our capacity in Atlantic City, was in line with where they wanted to go. Um, with events that, that, that they wanted to run, which is create a festival atmosphere, um, you know, enlarge, you know, the, the, the crowd, you know, increase the, the, the number of people, the, the different numbers of people that we can put under one tent, um, try to grow the sport, um, and being deliberate with supporting the diversity and equity and inclusion initiatives from the get-go. It was something that I just knew it would be sensible to approach an agreement with U.S. Rowing because, quite frankly, we were looking to do everything that they were looking to do, and I just thought it would be, and do think it will be a, um, it'll be a great partnership going forward. Dan, as we say goodbye just for today, because I would like to welcome you back. We're going to continue to promote this in the run-up to it because uh, we believe this is something that's going to be very, very meaningful uh, to the community and and also uh, be a great piece of business for the city of Atlantic City uh, during the shoulder, actually the winter season by the time we get to February 3rd. So it's really huge uh, all the way around. I know that Senator Gormley has some other components to this that are not ready to be publicly publicly released, but they're also going to be major uh, community initiatives that will continue. Uh, I, I don't want to use the word carnival in the wrong sense, but this carnival atmosphere, I mean it in the best way in terms of a lot of different, if you want to call them additional spinoff events or things that will be happening. There are a lot of things still left to be said about this uh, that just are a little bit not quite ripe 
uh, to break any of that today. I know that Dan is aware of some of it, maybe all of it, um, and we're aware of some of it, and some of it's embargoed. But there's a lot of exciting news that hasn't yet been shared. This this has the potential, I believe, to to build a tradition where we will look back at this like the air show and say, wow, we had this one air show that was a fill-in date, never knew if there would be a second one, and two decades later, it's the largest midweek air show in America, and it goes gangbusters every year. I'm not directly comparing the air show to this U.S. rowing championship, indoor rowing championship, but I mean it in terms of you know symbolism and also it's i think scalable to be able to say at its level it has the op- it has the chance to be extremely successful very very viable and also be a um, a revenue driver for the city this could be very very good dan i i, I agree with you 100 percent i'm i'm anxious to to get started and um i know that the events that we're going to put on are going to be exciting for just about anybody that's ever worked out. So, you know, this is a, an open invitation to anybody who's ever worked out in a gym. Come to Atlantic City February 3rd, 4th, and 5th, and, and we'll give you a test that, that you'd be interested in. And in the future, we'll share how people can sign up and all of that uh, in future interviews. But this was just to get the um, the news out there. Get people in the area excited, and this is going to draw people from, you know, well beyond uh, just this region. Dan, let's keep in touch. Great to visit with you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Harry. You have a great rest of your day. You got it. Be well. Dan Garbett on the Hurley in the Morning program. When we come back, Dr. Harvey Kesselman will be our guest, and we'll get his take on all of this. He, he's referenced in my piece. Let me just tell this caller that uh, there's somebody calling my private phone. I'll text them that I'm on on the air live. It doesn't work very well to call my cell phone when I'm broadcasting live. Uh, But Harvey's going to join us next. And uh, he's got a lot to share about this as well. As you can tell, uh, there's a lot of excitement about this. And it's going to build. The excitement is going to build. We'll be back in just a few minutes. It's early in the morning. On the station that plays the winners, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you, we know it, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Powered by the all-new Bet Parks New Jersey Casino and Sportsbook app, BetParks.com. This is the Town Square New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It's early in the morning at 33 minutes past the hour. Three stories you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Well, the breaking news is out, both digital on our digital footprint and now over the air on the Hurley program about the Atlantic City Indoor Rowing Championships. Uh, Very exciting. Sanctioned at the U.S. rowing level. Very, very exciting. Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet, in an exclusive, he's made his decision on the ballot question regarding the change of government. You can read about it on the app. And Congressman Van Drew has commented to us about the unfortunate incident. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Radar's all clear this morning after some pockets of rain and thunderstorms around the state yesterday. Today will be a nice weather day, although breezy at times, and I can't rule out a spot shower at some point. Look for mostly sunny skies and a high temperature around 78 degrees. Partly cloudy tonight and comfortably cool, low 55. Back to sunshine tomorrow, breezy again and slightly cooler, high 73. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. 
WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Right now. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you very much. Welcome back. It's 40 minutes past the hour and just a perfect tandem of Dan Garbett. Obviously, the Garbett pedigree in the realm of rowing is, I mean, if not the A gold standard, just phenomenal. And then, of course, you have the commitment in terms of the sport. Look what Dr. Harvey Kesselman and Lynn Kesselman have done at Stockton University in terms of uh, the commitment to the sport of rowing, uh, both at the collegiate level with the girls. And, and I believe at some point very, very soon, you're going to see the, the, the men's program, you know, well beyond club level. And the commitment has just been phenomenal. And Dr. Kesselman has also been in that initial circle of trust. So you've known about the um, the concept, the genesis of all this for a while now. Very, very exciting to finally get to talk about it. Yeah, it, it, yeah, we've had to be, you know, we we had to get all the stuff lined up, and and Bill Gormley, obviously Senator Gormley, deserves, you know, incre- you know, so much credit for pulling all the right people together, uh, so that we could, you know, line this up. Because this, when you talk about hosting, you know, national events of this nature, um, it takes a lot of logistical support, and it takes financial support, it takes community support, and then it takes someone like a Dan uh, Garbert, who's you know on the inside with U.S. Rowing. Uh, uh, to help navigate, you know, the waters associated with something like this. Uh, this is really exciting, uh, Harry, for the region. It's great, obviously, for the Stockton program because we'll have, you know, a lot of prominence there. Uh, but this is for, you know, all age groups, and it really is something unique. I've gone to these kinds of events up in what was, you know, in Boston. It's called the Crash Bees. I've gone to events like this, and it's, you know, it's much more uh, – exciting than you would think and there's like well over a thousand you know athletes will be participating there'll be a hundred events um it's it's a constant buzz and and it has to be here i mean one of the things you know and i've started thinking as i was listening how far back when we started trying to build the high school programs uh because there were none in in some of the school districts about almost 20 years ago and people think my relationship with bill was close it's really lynn i mean because lynn was on this grade going all the way back to 2002, 2001, um, to get more opportunities for women uh, to row. And I think, uh, you know, it it has come. We have some of the greatest coaches in the history of this sport right here, right here in Atlanta County. Talk about Dan, who's a great coach. Doc Holland, John Doc Holland, and Stan Bergman, Carey, D'Amico, um, Haney, I, you know, the Welsh family. Uh, we can go on and on and on and on. How about Stan Bergman? How about Stan Bergman? And I said that Bergman. Oh, you did say Bergman. I, I missed that. Uh, let me let me ask you the same question that I asked Dan. And, and I draw back, you know, a quarter of a century ago when the great Bob Garbett said to me how many incredible opportunities there are for women in the sport of rowing. Uh, I know that comes as no surprise to you. It, it is the Title IX sport. We're celebrating the 50th year of Title IX, which was a law that was passed to ensure equal opportunity, and it really was initially about athletics. Um, and like a school like Stockton now has more intercollegiate athletic programs than we do men in their collegiate athletic programs because there are more women in higher education now than there are men. Uh, and so it was the Title IX sport. In other words, um, a sport that that's why the men did not get it because it was the equalizer to football because you can get 50 
or 60 women in, in, a, in a solid rowing program, uh, which counterbalanced rather than eliminate programs, they added women, you know, women's programs like this. And this was the, the premier one, rowing. So there was always going to be great opportunities for the women who tried out rowing. And, and, and there were a lot of athletes in other sports, whether you know, lacrosse, soccer, what it might be, female athletes. But once they got into a boat, they realized that, you know, I think Lynn, when she was pitching it to the school boards and to Bill originally, because Bill really helped provide the seed money for the Oak Crest Apsigami program that, you know, Lynn was involved with and all of that, um, and, uh, seed money for boats. Uh, and then using the Atlanta County uh, Park, the Lake Lenape area for, for the boathouse that historically had only been used by private schools. So I think it goes all the way back. And it was, and she said, I think if the school board approves this program, we can have a million dollar boat, meaning that all the, all the women in the boat would get scholarships. And lo and behold, by the time the program was in Megan, which is our daughter's senior year, that's what it did. It came in at second in states and, you know, had an incredibly successful year. And every single woman in the boat got a scholarship and it equated far more than a million dollars. So I think, I think that, you know, it, it's been a great boom and we have the great, like I said, the greatest rower, the greatest coach. You've got Laurie DeFinney is in this, is, is the Princeton coach, arguably the best women's coach in the history of coaching. And she's married to Ed Hewitt, uh, who, who, you know, is the Hewitt family down here and runs Row 2K. So it's a small circle uh, of people. And to get them all together, Bill deserved credit. And yeah. Alan Stoller did all the legal work of filing the paperwork for the nonprofit that was, you know, established to be able to host this event. It's really outstanding. Harvey has agreed to stay for one more segment. We're going to take a uh, time out away and we'll be right back. Harvey, I have a question for you. It's not about rowing, but we'll come back to the rowing after this question. Will or could Stockton University ever have a football team? For the entire existence of Stockton, it's been something that's come up a few times. I don't think ever really that seriously. But I was just thinking about that, about sports that you have. And obviously you've had uh, basketball, volleyball. You've had national championship teams uh, but no football team. I know football's expensive, you know, and it gets crazy with the salaries and some of the um, Division One examples. It's the, the economies of scale are psychedelic. But is football something that you believe will ever come? Not on your watch, obviously, because you're leaving after this year. But is that something that you could see someday Stockton having a football program? We'll be back. And then we'll talk more rowing after that with Harvey. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's Talk Station. Hey, thank you. Great one. 52 minutes past the hour. Let's just take one minute on this because I want to spend the other seven or eight uh, on the rowing and anything else you want to talk about, Harvey. Uh, but football and Stockton University, it's been a no-go from the inception. The field was there beautiful track of course and track commitment was there with um initially don bragg and the mighty burner larry james and then forever larry james until his tragic passing at way too young uh track commitment was there volleyball commitment was there basketball commitment was there and i'm just naming a few a lot of extra and co-curricular activities at the club level 
football has always been a no-go. Is it, is it, is it expense? Is it a myriad of things? What, what is it about football that Stockton does not seem to ever broach it? And, and well, we have we actually broached it way back at the beginning. But let me first answer that because it's funny that you bring it up right now. Because every year at the beginning of the year, the students wear shirts and it says Stockton football undefeated since 1969. I love it. We were, we were I love founded that. in 1969. That's yeah, fantastic. they wear shirts. That, yeah, it is really funny yeah. when you see them. Um, but we actually there had been talk way way back at the Mayflower um, to, to to have you know perhaps a football team, but it's a number. Of Was things. that a meeting? with the pilgrims and, and everyone they were all there Harvey? yeah 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 that made flower okay just Always people say i did not come over on the way far hey, so it was a compact is what you're saying <laughs> I, okay i understand okay i'm oh, sorry uh, okay. as you know i confided in you i'm a little punchy i'm, I'm on less than two hours sleep a little punchy oh, today. I, I know. I like, but I like punchy is fun. Yeah. So we can have some fun. Yeah. So, okay, to answer briefly answer the question, it really is, it tied in with Title IX. I mean, you, when you bring in a sport that would have, you know, close to, you know, 80 or 90 male athletes, you have to have things to balance that. Yeah. Okay, so number one, it would really put out of whack our Title IX numbers. So that's a problem. That's a federal, okay, that's a real problem. The second thing is the cost. And at Division three levels, there are no Division three football programs that make money. None. Okay. So it is a resource. There's many, most division one programs don't, but, but it, it is a loss and it's a very expensive program. And when you talk about six home weekends a, a year, if you have a number, you know, a ton of other events, which we do, and we have a ton, you know, so many other division three sports, um, we don't get an outcry for it. If we had a large outcry for it, the students and we put, you know, the, the figures out what it would really cost and how we'd have to balance that with other programs. Cause we'd have to, other women's programs to balance it. Uh, I think reasonable people would say, you know what, it's just not worth the investment because we're not hearing the noise. I mean, students aren't clamoring for it uh, because I really do think they have so many other opportunities to participate. Yeah, by the way, I brought it up just for a talking point. I totally agree with not venturing down the rabbit hole because of all the reasons you said, and I'm sure some that you could continue to say. How big a deal would you say this U.S. rowing championship indoor championships in atlantic city february 3rd through the 5th how big a deal do you think this is I think it's a huge deal on many different fronts. Number one, it's going to be a real, it's going to be very, very, I hope, profitable for the folks in the city in a, in a time when it's very slow here. You know, the first weekend of February is about as slow as it gets, I guess. That's number one. So it's good for the city. It's good for the image of the city. Second, it's good to have, you're, now you're talking about bringing in people, these are from all over the country, and these are people that, you know, they're young people that may fall in love with the city, that may, you know, some may come to Stockton, that's not the point they'll go to college but they may come back to the city later on third it makes us you know we used to have heavyweight championship fights here if you recall i mean sure, tyson fought a lot of fights here okay we used to be a mecca for for uh professional sports certainly in the area of, of boxing why not be a mecca for where we have this is our strength this is our wheelhouse be a mecca for rowing in the united states i mean you're talking about you know the best rowers in the country will come here from all over the united states added internationally can Canadians, I know Canadians will be coming here, uh, and maybe even European rowers will be coming here. So it, even though it's called the U.S. Rowing, they have different categories. They have alumni categories. They're going to have everything here. So you're going to get a lot of people visiting the city at a time when they rarely do, um, 
and I think it's a great opportunity for us to, you know, it's not going to get as large as something like the air show, but it's a, it could be as large as, of event as we've ever had other than something like the air show. Yeah, there's no no doubt about it. And I really believe this is going to be the inaugural of something that could become very, very big. I mean, I gave the I gave the comparison. It's 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 completely non-comparable. One's in the summer. You know, one is outside. The other one is indoors. Uh, The other you have the whole, you know, coastline of, of people that can be spectators. So it's not analogous to the air show. But when the air show first was dreamed in our conference room here with uh, Joe Kelly and and our team here at Town Square Media uh, two decades ago, no one knew if there'd be a second one. You don't know. Uh, Sometimes you get lightning in a bottle and it's just something works really well. We've seen in Atlantic City that uh, baseball didn't work, basketball didn't work, hockey didn't work, and things like that. This, to me, is, I don't want to call it a niche because that would be an insult. It's a sport. It's a big sport. Uh, This, though, everyone from the elite to somebody that has just learned how to use an ergometer can be a part of this. It's so inclusive that I think this has the potential. And the way that, that Dan has come up with a lot of these great ideas about it not just being your standard 2,000-meter and 500-meter type of, of race, but having a lot of unique things and unique categories for alumni, for lifeguards, and so on. I just think this could be the start of something very, very big. Closing comment, about 30 seconds. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, Harry. And they go over two or three days to do something like this. And it's the it's the myriad of events that they're going to have that's going to be part of this that I think is going to make it extremely attractive uh, to people all the way up, in, you know, the 50, 60 years old who may want to pop in a boat and row. Uh, it's something like riding a bike. You never you, you always know how to do it when you get back into the boat. Uh, if you ever go to the head of the Charles, uh, you can see that happening with people who, you know, just jump right in, alum of schools. But I think it's, it's really terrific for the area. We're excited to be part of it. We owe Bill Gormley, Senator Gormley, uh, and all the sponsors um, a great big thank you for taking a risk and pulling this thing together. We are at the buzzer, but I do want to say your former fellow Hamilton Township Committeeman, Mayor Charles Kane, joins us next. What a morning it's been. A lot of great men. Be well, Charles. Good to see you. I'll be listening. Thank you, Harvey. A Town Square Media Station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. And it is Harry Hurley, and I'm asking you to join our friends at United Methodist Communities at the Shores. We've had the privilege to promote this for a number of weeks. Their event in Ocean City is this Thursday. Just by the calendar, just to tell you, that's September 20, uh, September 29th. But I just want to tell you that um, it's this Thursday. So all these times we've been mentioning it, it was perspective and down the road a bit. It's right upon us. But you still have a few days to plan. From 10 a.m. until 2 p.m., they're having their Fall Flannel Fest. 
You can enjoy live music, hot apple cider, crafters, games, delicious pies, and much more. If you're considering senior living options for yourself or a loved one, I recommend the Shores. They do a great job. Transitioning to the Shores is easy. It's as easy as move in, unpack, and experience the abundant life that the Shores has to offer. The Shores is fully remodeled with private apartments, two beautiful restaurants, a bistro, an on-site fitness center, and transportation to local shopping. Best of all, it's just three short blocks to the Ocean City Boardwalk and Beach. Don't miss the free community event, Fall Flannel Fest, this Thursday from 10 a.m., until 2 p.m. in the Shores front lot at 2201 Bay Avenue in Ocean City. To learn more about United Methodist Communities at the Shores in Ocean City, you can call 609-399-8505. That's 609-399-8505. And please tell them that Harry Hurley sent you. All right, full disclosure, the man is never late. This is the first Monday when the Auto Plaza isn't open. It's the first time I think he's ever been late. Uh, I don't know where Mayor Kane is. He's due, and uh, he's not here. So we're going to maybe wait a couple of minutes, and then we'll work our way right into some bonus open forum if the mayor doesn't come. The first thing I was going to do was to regale over the Eagles. uh, I can't stand this name, the Washington Commanders. Boy, I'll tell you. Remember now, it's it's, when you think of that name— Just remember, they did a whole season of being the Washington Football Club. They just had a W on their helmet. So it's it's like this was after more than a year's thought because they had a period of time in the run-up to the season. They didn't have it ready for that. Then the whole next season, they were just the Washington NFL Washington Football Club. That was stupid, too. Honestly, I would have stayed with that. Just Washington Football Club, have the W. Washington Commanders is maybe as stupid as the Cleveland Guardians. I kind of have a theory, and that's the baseball team, in case you don't know, because they can't be the Cleveland Indians because we live in a woke, crazy you know, world. It's dystopian, it's backwards, it's bizarro world. You know, all of it wrapped up, you know, in, in one. Nobody complained. But they felt the need to change. That's why I got to tell you, I, I have a lot of respect for these programs that the Kansas City Chiefs, they're not having any of it. Uh, a lot of the college football programs, it's Florida State Seminoles and, you know, and, and keep in mind, I've never done it before. I've never been in an audience uh, and done the, um, the chant and the chop, but they're still doing that in, in, at Chiefs games and, and different college football games. Uh, nobody complained. And in fact, just the opposite was true. They liked the advertising, the exposure. So somebody saw the need. It's like fixing something. You got something perfectly good that's not broken. And then somebody decides what, to take the whole thing apart? And not to worry, when you put it together and it's missing a few things, you know, you, you got a few things left over, you just say, ah, we didn't need those. In the reassembly, they were just extra parts. So stupid. Washington Commanders. The only thing worse than their name is the way they played yesterday. But I want to give the Eagles a lot of credit for that. They are having... Now, look, I know it's Detroit. 
which is not a bad team. And I know it's Minnesota, which again, ditto, not a bad team. And Washington probably is a bad team. Although I don't think they're winless. I think they're one and two now. In fact, I know they are. They were one and one going into that game. Uh, The Eagles laid a smackdown on them. The defense was fabulous. And I'll tell you, I I saw the beginnings of what you hear about two-headed monsters when you have two running backs that can really bring it. This duo of Devontae and uh, A.J. um, AJ Brown. Oh, my God. Devontae Smith and uh, and A.J. Brown, they're, they're, they're phenomenal. And remember, there was a little bit of consternation. Oh, my God, you know, he only got a couple touches in the first game. I think it was four. Devontae Smith had a significant groin injury during the preseason. So I, I believe they brought him around judiciously. Made a lot of sense. You know, you don't want somebody, anybody that's ever had that, that can linger, very slow healing, and very easy because you don't you don't think about it when you're rehabbing and you're doing everything you can to get back there is nothing you can do to simulate that explosive first move that you make as an elite NFL player you just cannot they wouldn't let you do it in your in your rehabilitation for fear that you would just re-injure the same thing and when you get a groin injury, sometimes a hamstring, hey, look how long the calf in- injury kept Trout out a year ago for the rest of last season. They thought, oh, it'll be on the 10-day uh, injury you know, list and not even have to leave the team. Then all of a sudden it's this many weeks and, and then it's the whole season because there are certain injuries that are very slow going. There's just nothing you can uh, – you can do about it. They just they take the time that they take in order to heal. So they brought him around slow. You see he had a lot more touches in the second game and a lot more touches in the third game. And I, I'm telling you, this, is not, this team is not a fluke. They've got it going. They've got it going in the passing game. They've got it going pretty good in the running game, even though Hurts is a big threat and a big part of the running game. But Sanders is good. And Boston Scott, he got, you know, hit for the uh, safety. But that was that was just so, you know, so backed up against the wall that, that that's just no big deal. That just made it 24 to 2. But they're for real. And anybody, when Charlie and I, when we were doing our picks and we said, Eagles, 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 Eagles. You know, I know there were some people that didn't didn't think that we knew what we were doing. I'm starting to believe that I underestimated them which is, is, again, shows you that things are not always as they appear in the beginning. All right, here's what we're going to do. He has missed the full first segment. We'll we'll turn the page, and we're going to open up now wide open forum. Anything that you want to talk about, and we'll just reschedule, Mayor Kane. It's not a problem. 609-407-1450. I'm prepared to talk politics, Philadelphia Eagles, Anything that you want to talk about. Aaron Judge, when he's going to hit the 61st and 62nd home run, because he is still going to do both. I just can't accept he's gone only like one other time, five games without a home run the entire season. He's due. I think maybe it's good to get on the road 
it was extremely unnatural what was going on in Yankee Stadium. First of all, they weren't pitching to him. Let's hope Toronto does. He was walking all over the place. Uh, and also, when when you go from a noisy stadium of tens of thousands of people to, like, church mouse quiet, come on. That's not, that's not normal. It's not natural. So uh, anything you want to talk about, the phone lines are open. 609-407-1450. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, do me a favor. Because of circumstances, there were many things going on. We put out, not just me, but I did too. I put out more content probably this weekend than any weekend in the longest time, if not forever. Uh, And also colleagues of mine did. Check out our digital content on the app or on the website, WPGTalkRadio.com. A lot of important content. And we're breaking stories all over the place. The Atlantic City Council president and his decision regarding the ballot question. The news about the um, U.S. rowing championships. That is an exclusive that that's coming to Atlantic City. And there's a whole lot of content, including multiple stories about the tragic uh, situation in Wildwood. Uh, Happy to say that my friend, our colleague, uh, our Joe Kelly, had it measured correctly. I was watching all these people. That's why I did what I did. They were trashing the police, getting it all wrong, not even understanding, picking out the police as though they were at fault. Give me a break. It was just all crazy and backwards. Uh, Joe set that straight. Uh, Joe gave me an assignment to do a follow-up piece uh, from Congressman Van Drew last night. That is up as well. So there's, a, there's just a ton of uh, one-of-a-kind digital content that you're only going to find on the Town Square Media brand, on the various stations, of course, including WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And in my piece, I also link to the two previous stories, and now Joe has done a third that he has done. So a lot of content. Check it out. We'll be back. Your calls are next, 609-407-1450. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG, Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you. Welcome back. 22 minutes past the hour. Quick announcement and a programming note, and then right to your calls in the order that you've called in. 609-407-1450. We have one open phone line. Tomorrow morning at 8.05, we will have an exclusive, exclusive interview with Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet. Now... If you've already read our digital platform, either the app or the website, then you know probably what this interview will be about. Uh, The council president, George Tibbet, gave us an exclusive, which we broke this morning in the 5 o'clock hour on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app and on the WPGTalkRadio.com website. And he made his decision, and he made his decision very public in terms of the ballot question. 
for November 8th, whether the citizens of Atlantic City want to change their form of government, keeping the same mayor council form of government, but going back to the future and going to the nonpartisan format where you're not running as Democrats and Republicans, you're just running as men and women, and you run in May, and you don't run in June in a primary or in November. Anybody who wants to run can run, and so on and so forth. Uh, The format had been in place for many, many years uh, before a ballot question actually did what is attempting to be done now. In terms of going back, it went to this, which was to have the same exact mayor council form of government but with a partisan format and so you can read that coverage and tomorrow morning at 805 you can listen to the council president respond to my questions relative to his decision uh to support a yes vote uh for this uh change that's four city council members and we have coverage on all of them the first three and now tibbet makes four four out of the nine have come out publicly to support the change in moving the elections from the partisan June and November format to the May. Usually it's the second Tuesday in May, but that remains to be seen. That's just what I recall. All right, to your calls we go. 609-4, that's tomorrow at 8.05, right after the 8 o'clock news break. Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet and a Hurley in the Morning exclusive. And it'll be a nice follow-up. Uh, to the digital uh, breaking news release that we did today on the news. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. John Devlin. How are you, sir? I am very well. How are you, John? Uh, good. I, I wasn't scheduled to come on, but I heard you had some uh, some little bit of openings, and I put my thoughts yeah, on Yes, I, if you see my good friend, my brother, Mayor Kane, he is a no-call, no-show today. Just teasing. Very rare. Very uh, rare, Harry. Unheard of. I mean, I'm telling you, I'll see a unicorn before I see this happen again. He never misses. Nope. Everybody's pretty good. Well, that's because you you follow up. You double check and double check to make sure everything's lined up correctly. <laughs> you know it. Everybody, I know. I'm on the other line. So. <laughs> everybody gets it in writing. You know that. All right. So uh, now yeah, that we yeah. have this bonus open forum, though, oh, my gosh, John, there is a lot going on in our beloved fair town uh, the world's playground, Atlantic City. I mean, my goodness, it's 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 crazy. I, I heard you said you had a busy weekend, and I know you did. Um, but there's a lot going on, and it's interesting to see um, who comes out now and supports the um, change of, the change of venue uh, for the vote. Um, as far as uh, nonpartisan um, voting for nonpartisan, now Harry, I'm keep gonna- in mind, more people signed the petition then you would need to come out and vote to win. When you look, I did a look at the um, the typical turnout uh, that comes out. I mean, the, the, I don't know. Look, it's up to the people to decide. But usually if you sign the petition and, you, you know, the people knew what they were signing, that they were moving the election, that pretty much means that you support it. You know, you could be somebody that says, look, I don't know if I support it, but I, I want to put it on the ballot. I think it's only, you know, you could have some examples of Sweden or Switzerland, rather, where somebody is just not taking a position, but just agrees that it's a, you know, a democratic thing to do to give people a vote. But primarily speaking, uh, predominantly speaking, the people that sign that are for it. Uh, it was big numbers and well more than they needed to put it on the ballot. It seems to be p- positioned 
well to um, to carry the day. Um, I, I feel as though, and, and let me take you back 25 years, Harry. I was a young man just out of the Marine Corps. I was living in Chelsea Heights and um, involved locally. Uh, I think Councilman Mancuso was the six-word councilman. We fought really hard to keep nonpartisan because I'll tell you something, and you, I know you do your homework. More people came out and voted when it was nonpartisan than they voted since it's been partisan. So Right, because the, the partisan format, particularly in Atlantic City, it becomes a cesspool. It's, it's horrible. And, and people hide behind party labels. And honestly, I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this, but I agree with me on this, uh, and, and I, don't, I don't mind saying that. Uh, there's some bad people get elected because if they get the Democratic nomination, they're in the bag a lot of the times. It's, it's the, the race is almost over. Uh, you, you have a rare Republican in Mancuso who ultimately became a Democrat, too, I believe, uh, Jesse Kurtz. So you can you can kind of sort of win in the south end of town, but you're not going to win anywhere else in Atlantic City uh, unless you're a Democrat. Uh, that takes a lot of people out of play. I also believe, much like school boards, there's a lot of really good people that will come out and run in May that don't want anything to do with this filthy process that takes place uh, between June and November. Absolutely. And, and that's a great point, Ari. Um, with with us being on the ballot, and you know I was on both sides of this now. Yes. I we ran when it was nonpartisan. I ran when it was partisan. And let me tell you, it's way too political. I mean, you had the mayor, the sitting mayor of Atlantic City, uh, endorsing, putting out, endorsing a slate, putting out flyers for them, putting out hate flyers, put, making videos for them, spending his campaign money on them. So absolutely, it, it's just good for all. I fought hard to keep it that way. And then, you know, like you said, if you get the line as a B, it's over. You're golden. Well, you know, that's too well, And keep in mind, Marty never got the line. He got beat every single time. He didn't win the line this last time. Uh, of course, he had a lot of help from Craig Calloway, um, who regrets giving that help. Uh, and I can see why. Uh, it's been it's been like a monster movie. But uh, Marty never got the nomination of the Democratic committee, except the one time for the unexpired term of Gilliam, who had to leave his office uh, under bad you know, circumstances. And he never got that nomination because the Democratic committee didn't want him. And then they, 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 they smoked him again in the Lancy Democratic Committee vote. And Michael Suleiman gave Marty the line anyhow. So really, what, is it, what does it even matter then if, if you're going to even be a partisan town, but you don't even have control of that because, the, as we know, the county chairman has control of the line. So every reason to keep that has been removed by bosses that have total control. Well, not yet. Yeah, you're 100 percent right, but not it hasn't always happened. I think there was a time when Pat Darcy was the chairman, and he, he let the Democratic well, committee, which I had. I but but, but John, that that's history. That was then. This is now. That's not been happening now. Let's co- copy that. And it's funny. I've been sitting back on the sidelines, really watching this develop, Harry. And I really wanted to stay unopinionated. But we, with the way it's set up right now, with partisan government. 
um, like you said, and I don't want to regurgitate your words, but you have an entity that can basically override a committee. Yeah. So why? And, and you're, you're basically circumventing the reason for somebody to run and get elected as a committee yeah, manager. And, and, and you're taking a lot of power away from them. They don't want it. They, they don't want to hear it. They want to keep it just the way that it is. You can and you, you can understand why. I understand why. Uh, but that would really what a change up that would be to everything. John, there are a lot of people also wondering, have you, I don't want to put you on the spot, but it's going to sound like I am. Have you taken a position on Vern Macon and Ernest Corsi in the first uh, county district for county commissioner? I'll say this, Harry. Um, when I ran for school board the last time, two years ago, um, there was a lot of pushback. Marty spent over $100,000 trying to get me out of office. Yeah. And one of his big supporters... And uh, I used to be a, a sociable friend, a guy that uh, went out of my way to help him a few times, especially um, uh, family members that were getting uh, a bad hand. I always gave him heads up, always supported his family members that are on the school district, were on the school board at the time. He went around town telling people, anybody but Devlin. Well, guess what, Harry? Anybody but Corsi. How about that? that not, that's my I, and by the way, I'm not surprised. I never asked you that question on or off the air. I'm not surprised. And there's an extraordinary convergence that's been coming together. When is the last time you saw two Democrat members of city council support the Republican candidate for the District 1 seat? I mean, this is extraordinary. You've got Bruce Weeks. You have Latoya Dunstan. You have Jesse Kurtz. Now, I'm not going to make, you know, a, a huge big deal out of that because, I mean, Kurtz is a Republican. It should not be shocking that he's supporting Vern Macon. But that's three council people. Uh, I guess we'll find out from Tibbet uh, what his intentions are. But you can tell there is a whole lot of change movement going on right now, it feels like. Doesn't there? I think you know, 100%. And, and let me say this, Harry, to add on top of what you just said. Not only councilmen, councilmen at large that represent the whole city are in support of her. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Like I said, I uh, I'm not a fan of uh, Corsi's uh, work. I'm not a fan of his attitudes. I'm not a fan of him um, campaigning against me. So um, that was his line. Anybody but Devlin. I'm just here on your show today and tell you anybody but Corsi, and I'll be spreading that word down beach and beyond. He gets nothing. Because he has aligned himself with, with the biggest fraudulent, crooked mayor that's ever sat in the mayoral seat on the seventh floor of Atlantic City. So you line yourself with that. I'm backing off. I'm withdrawing my support. He gets nothing. And that'll, that'll be a little litmus test for anybody out there that wants to align himself with crooked people like Marty Smalls. Let me ask you a question. Besides collecting, and it's kind of odd that, that he seems to do that, besides collecting the... Um the parking money at Bader Field at special events. What does Corsi do? Does anybody know? I, you know, I'm not being a wise guy. I've asked this question. Yeah. There's been different times where he's he's peddled this phony title, deputy mayor, which does not exist, by the way. So why they say things that don't exist? I don't know what he calls himself now, but what does he do? Well, let's just figure it out real quick, Harry. He is a political position they created for him. So he wouldn't run for mayor against Marty Smalls. We all know the secret. The secret's out. He does, in my justification, he does nothing. I've seen him when he worked at Baderfield. He would drive around in a pickup truck. And I think now it's been replaced by his son. So I don't know. Uh, they, they do stuff out there. Um, 
you got me. I don't know. Um, like I, said, I, I, I hear from employees that they don't like him. Uh, they think that he's politically threatening. Uh, just a lot of bad comments uh, about him. Uh, he's very unpopular at City Hall, and he very well may get voted out. You never know. That district, I mean, Corsi was guaranteed because no, even if you ran, you'd have to challenge him in a primary, but you'd be off the line uh, on primary election day because Suleiman would always give Corsi the line. There's, be, And I'm not, you know, it's just the, it's the way he's been doing it. Uh, so Corsi would always have the line that would be big time advantageous. So with the old district, there was just no stopping this. They had it locked down. But with now Ventnor and Margate and Longport and Brigantine and this new district, and I think parts of Atlantic City, uh, of course, he's going to fare very, very poorly. Vermaken, I can't say this because I don't have – you know how I work. When I know something, I say it. I don't know that she's going to win, but I have a sneaky suspicion that she may. Well, I think uh, her chances are, are very high. She's a very motivated lady. Yes. Um, she's, she's got a, a ton of energy, and she's been around 100 years. And, she, uh, and you know what it is? She's very nice, and she's very popular. Corsi's very unnice. He's nasty. And he's not popular. No. No, absolutely. Listen, it's, it's nice to deal with people that are pleasant. Yeah. All these years, you know, I've dealt with him. Everybody's dealt with him. He's nasty. And let me tell you, Harry, I think you wrote a story about this. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit. If you recall way back when, when Mayor Langford had won the mayor, the first mayor uh, term against uh, Whalen. Yes. Um, everybody was on board with Langford. Uh, the Callaways, Corsi, everybody's working together. And there was at a party. I want to say it was not a ball, but there was a party afterwards. And a couple of people were talking to Craig Calloway and Dave on the side. And all of a sudden, you know, out of the, out of the crowd comes Ernest Corsi. He goes, yo, you don't need to talk to them. You talk to me. They're hired help. That's the way he treats people. And I'm pretty sure you broke that on your air years and years ago. But that's what happened. That's how he treats people. You know, they, they uh, you know, he talks to people like their help, like you don't deserve to be there. And he's got a pretty big uh, tax paying two jobs. I mean, you know, be pleasant, you know, uh, you know, that dictatorship and, you know. But I understand that last name doesn't doesn't end there. I understand that last name is very much involved with oversight over the city. I mean, at the state level. So it's 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 truly like a monster movie. It's like they have every base covered. And that's why I believe the citizens are going to take the opportunity to take some of this power away from small and and his his group. Uh if you can hold, I want to take a time out and I want to follow up uh, more Dateline Atlantic City with John Devlin, retired Atlantic City policeman, current member of the Atlantic City Board of Education, the immediate past chairman of the Atlantic City Municipal Utilities Authority, where he did a fantastic job. And the reason he's not there is because of political retaliation. And this is exactly what this ballot question is about on November 8th about removing power uh, from people that have abused it because he did something that's never been done in the history of the country. He removed a MUA board member who was not doing anything other than a thorough good job. And you're going to see this truth uh, become established as time goes on because there will be people that don't want to go to jail 
they're going to have to testify under oath at some point because Devlin and we broke this story. Talk about breaking stories. We broke this story about Devlin's tort claim notice. To sue a public entity like this, you have to, to file your intent to potentially litigate, and then you can file your litigation. Much more with John right after this. Please don't go away. This is Early in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 45 minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. We're visiting with Atlantic City Board of Education member John Devlin, the former immediate past chairman of the Atlantic City Municipal Utilities Authority until dirty politics uh, got in the way there. Uh, that, that, unfortunately, is going to become very expensive for the honest, hardworking taxpayers of Atlantic City because it never should have happened, and it's going to be established that it never should have happened. So that's going to be a big problem. But they don't care, you see, because they don't have to pay this. This is why I want to see a change where people come after people and weaponize their office weaponize the power that they have. They should be personally accountable for any award that John Devlin receives. And remember, this is a program that's had 31 years head start of this comment of getting it right and telling you in advance what's going to happen. John Devlin will recover, unfortunately, from the taxpayers of Atlantic City. It should be personally from the person that retaliated against him. And John is also a former distinguished Atlantic City police officer, retired. John, I'm going to put you on the spot if you don't mind. I got I got to do my job, and, and and you know if you if you like me a little less for it, I'm gonna I'm gonna take one you know for the cause. But you're on the board. I know you know the answer to this. I think I know the answer to it. But this is going to come out for the first time ever. I'm going to ask you to draw from your own experience here because obviously you're on the board of education. Is Ernest Corsi's wife, who I don't even know, I don't even know her first name, is Ernest Corsi's wife a state employee that has basically a direct involvement with Marty Small's wife, who is the superintendent of public schools? Uh, Does she have an oversight role? In other words, like if somebody reports something and then it goes to the state, it's my understanding it goes to Ernest Corsi's wife. I mean, it, it, true or false? True. Very true. And l- let me uh, just add to that, Hair. Um, you're right on the money, everything you said, 100%. Um, they, her, her title is county superintendent, which means all the schools in Atlantic County uh, superintendents report to her. With Atlantic City being the largest school in that district, by the way, a sidebar. Um, furthermore, it's a really a state-appointed position. So the governor's office actually appoints that position. So the governor's office, you know, uh, appointed her, which is interesting, um, to say the least. Um, she, she's not, she's never been a superintendent. I don't believe she ever worked at an administration building, but uh, she gets this promotion. Now, is that something that goes on um, through friendships, through relationships? Well, she, well, let's put it this way, John. We can't we can't believe it's a coincidence that Ernest Corsi's wife is the county superintendent. I'm sorry. I just can't accept that that's anything but on purpose and not not a, a coincidence. So you have basically you have Marty and doing what he's doing. 
Then you have Marty's wife, who's the chief school uh, administrator. Then if anybody has a problem with her, you've got to go to Ernest Corsi's wife to get justice. Now, nothing against her. I don't know anything about her. I don't know what she looks like. I don't know what she sounds like. I don't know her name other than her last name because I've known Ernest, obviously, forever. Uh, this is crazy, though. This this sounds like they've got every single uh, front doors locked, the side door, uh, uh, back door. I mean, they got they got every door covered. Well, not every door, um, but they wanted every door. And you can read between the lines. I, I do, and we'll save that for another day because that's a blockbuster. And on top of that, that's another big component of what this ballot question is all about. They have to have power taken from them. That's correct. That's correct. It's it's not um, it's not fair for uh, certain individuals that put in for these uh, state jobs and don't even get a call back. You know, so I'm all for the right person for the right job. But if you let um, your influences dictate positions like that, um, Harry, I got a real problem with that because that's a very influential position and very key to Atlantic City. And guess what? If something from Atlantic City goes into the county superintendent, she has to punt it. She has to punt it to another county superintendent because obviously she's convicted. She's I'm sorry, conflicted. And that's wrong, Harry. Well, you, you just read my mind. Uh, I want to further this on the other side of the final break. Then we'll be uninterrupted until the Brian Kilmeade show at six minutes past the hour. So we'll have uh, 10 minutes uninterrupted, even closer to 11 if I go right now. I was going to ask you if there's a conflict of interest. Uh, much more with John Devlin right after this. This is. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. I miss my baby, someone stole my baby. By the way, my baby is my landscaping truck that was literally stolen from a job site. Baby, won't you please come home? Owning a small business isn't always as lovely as it sounds, but with 30-plus customizable coverage options, Progressive Commercial keeps your business humming along. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. I love my sweetheart. By the way, that's my riding lawnmower. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage and discounts not available for all vehicles or states. Policy terms and conditions apply. When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor, every blank page is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better? or create something new. Our Dell Technologies advisors provide you with tools and expertise to do incredible things. Because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. For advice on smart PCs powered by Intel vPro that's built for business, call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back 55 minutes past the hour, 11 minutes until Kilmeade. And, John, I was asking sort of right before the break, just to put it out there, um, recast it now. Uh, and I, I, I guess I'm asking you as a, as a Board of Education member, as, as in well as any other, you know, uh, vantage point, is there a conflict of interest here? I mean, I think a lot of people, I, I have people say it to me, wait a minute now, do one guy's the mayor and his wife is the superintendent of public schools and then he hires Corsi in, in a position of, you know, respect, uh, well-paid and all of that. And then Corsi's wife is Marty Small's 
wife's boss. Uh, I mean, something doesn't sound right about all this. I mean, uh, Harry, you're right, but here's something we don't know, and it hasn't been transparent. Does she? Does she punt? Does she push it up to a different county? Now, understand this: she approves all budgets, all contracts, administrators. I mean, the list goes on. I, 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 it's a scary thought. If she doesn't punt and it goes to a different county, I don't know. I would hope she would uh, pass that on to a different county to, you know, because of her conflict. Obviously, she's not only a former employee, but like you said, related, you know, related to uh, to a guy in the mayor's office, former employee, former subordinate to the superintendent and the supervisor basically if you get down to it because superintendents have to go to the county superintendent you know i was a board member i'm well versed on the atlanta county superintendent uh role i mean that person has to go to the county superintendent quite a bit you know this county superintendent is an arbiter as you know of a lot of controversies and different things and brings down the word from the the governor's office from the state uh, and when the overseer of the superintendent, uh, the superintendent being the wife of the mayor, the overseer at the state level, the Atlanta County Superintendent of Public Schools, uh, being the spouse of a senior employee under the mayor, it's just crazy. It's crazy. And let me borrow a saying that I use, a uh, bar from a friend, lawlessness breeds lawlessness. If you have a teacher that's watching all this or any staff that's watching all this and this administration gets a green light, the next administration say, hey, wait a minute. You know, they opened Pandora's box. This, you know, this happened under, you know, the, this, this regime, this administration. So, I mean, we're just every day is a new day here. I mean, there, the, the things going on here that are, un, you know, unchallenged. Uh, and, I, and, John, I'm telling you, until this was revealed today on this program, most people don't even know all these connections. I agree with you. It's 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 complicated, but it has to be known. Um, you should know who your county superintendent. Hey, Harry, I'm going to put you on the spot. If if there's a tie on the board, I we just had one. Okay, when I last time I ran for president of the board, it was tied. That decision, guess where that goes? To the county superintendent. I've always known that. Here's what I didn't know, though. Whether it was Dr. Martinet or many other iterations, I've always known, and in most cases, I've always had a really good working relationship with that person. I had no idea that Corsi's wife was the county superintendent. I didn't know that. How could, think- how could, well, this is my job. How could I expect, you know, a normal, ordinary citizen to know this? But I've always known who the super, the county superintendent is until now. You got um, entities out there that don't want that promoted. And listen, we have a new uh, county prosecutor. He's all over Facebook. He's all over the town. We have a new, you know, if you're in that position as a new entity, you should promote that. Yeah. I, I stumbled upon that. I stumbled upon that as a board member. See, and- I'm assuming they want to keep it on the quiet side which that position never has been. That position has always been in the media. Uh, very, you always knew. If you were a member of the media, you always knew. There's something to this. You, how long has she been the county superintendent? I'm, I'm figuring it's been quite a bit of time now. Well, you know, it's been probably closer to a year or wow, more. That's, um, ama- that's amazing. If it's been that long, that's amazing. I have never not known. Like before I d- dug into this a little bit, I, I, I knew it before today's interview, but not for long. Uh, if 
if somebody did ask me, let's see, if someone asked me several weeks ago, who is the Atlanta County Superintendent of Schools, I wouldn't have known. No, no, you wouldn't have. I was just and, said, and I don't know. Not only that, the county, the county superintendent is a safety net for Atlanta County. So if John Devlin, the board president, and or John Devlin, the board member, has an issue that I question um, the legitimacy or I question decisions administration, which I do all the time, that this administration is doing, I should have the power to call my county superintendent and say, hey, is this legal? Hey, is this fair? Hey, is this ethical? Yeah. And by the way, the reason why this setup is untenable is because, look, they're all very close, but you never know. What if it got to a point where the county superintendent had to discipline the superintendent of, say, the Atlantic City Public Schools or take action that the superintendent of Atlantic City Public Schools wouldn't want? Her husband, she can go home that night for dinner and tell her husband that my county superintendent just did something I didn't like. And then he is the boss of her husband. It's a mess. It's, it's got to be. I'm not a lawyer. I got to I'm not a lawyer. But if it's not a conflict, it should be. And and it doesn't smell. It, it doesn't smell right. If it's not. I mean, because I'm not qualified to say whether that's an absolute conflict, because you could say, you know, one is the city administration. One is the school you know, administration. One is a state employee over, you know, the, the superintendent in certain matters. You know, it might not be literally but it sure seems like it is. No, it is, and uh, you're 100 percent the point on point, Harry. And not only that, you Atlantic City is the largest district in Atlantic County. Wouldn't you want somebody in there that's not conflicted? I mean, and I hate to say it because I'm embarrassed to say it, but Atlantic City gives the county the most headaches. Yeah, and what we can say is there's either an inherent conflict, which there should be. I'm going to actually. Uh, go to a school law attorney friend of mine that will know the answer and doesn't even need to review who the people are. He'll just know it by the circumstances. And if it's not an inherent actual conflict of interest, it's it's an apparent one. It's just wrong. It's just too much within too much power within too few people, and they're all related to one another or very close with one another. And one oversees the one, and the other one oversees the other. It's kind of ironic. The higher one at the state... Uh, oversees the one spouse, the higher one at the city level supervises the other spouse. It's it's crazy. Both families have the same level of control, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, it's really weird. Uh, it's it's let's be honest. It's very typically Atlantic City where you get these kind of things that you don't see many other places because of the very reason that that ballot question is uh alive and appearing to yeah. do so well right now because people are just fed up with this stuff. You know, there's people hungry right now, and we're talking about, you know, well-paid six-figure people, you know, uh, uh, and how much power they have. I mean, it irritates people. Oh, absolutely. And, Harry, once again, this is why Atlantic City has a bad reputation. This is why Atlantic City is always labeled as corrupt. This is why Atlantic City is always labeled as unethical. These are prime examples. These are facts. This ain't Harry's idea or John Devlin's rumor. No, this is a fact. This goes on every day, and nobody challenges it. And when you do challenge it, 
you know, you're the bad guy, and then you're politically uh, retaliated against, just like the mayor did to me. Hey, if you could tell me, John, what role does Kim Holmes have in all this? Because obviously she was going to be the Atlanta County prosecutor because a city hall employee has been reaching out to me for quite a while now saying that there, there are people that aren't happy about things that she's doing. I'm not, I'm not fully uh, aware of what her role is. Yeah, I don't think anybody is. I know she's the chief of staff for the lieutenant governor. Right. Um, she did play a role. Um, as a monitor at some point, I'd had conversations with her um, when uh, I was on the ACMUA. Um, she was very pleasant and very kind. Uh, I don't have anything bad to say, yet I don't know the exact, you know, what her duties entail or what yeah. they don't entail. And by the way, that's exactly why I, I phrased it the way that I did. I don't have anything bad. Uh, I just have comments. And I know that she was going to be the prosecutor until Vince Palestina became the senator. Uh, that was done. That was, and she would be the Atlanta County prosecutor right now. That much I do know. John, the music is playing. Killmead is here. Uh, this was a bonus appearance that we didn't expect. Uh, we'll reschedule Charlie for uh, the near future, and he'll let me know later today. Obviously, something happened, uh, and uh, it was good to visit with you, John. Always a pleasure, Harry. Thank you, and it was awesome. Uh, let's do it more often. Yes, sir. Be well. And good to visit with you in return. Brian Kilmeade is here. Check us out, all of us, all of our colleagues on the digital platform of Town Square Media, Atlantic City, all the different radio stations, six of them, including WPG Talk Radio 95.5, the app, and also the website, WPGTalkRadio.com. And we'll see you in 19 hours and 54 minutes. I think Aaron Judge is going to hit a home run tonight in Toronto. That would be number 